Three, two, one. Light them up. I'm Paul. This is Buck. This is the Paul and Buck Show. Hey, the big bucking deal. Here is download the latest app at paulandbuckshow.podbean.com. All right, we're back. We have a different show here, a new, all new uh, weekend show. Weekend show. We're here at uh, Oscars here in Taylor. Just came back from the vintage drags at Little River. Took a bunch of photos out there, some video. By surprise, and um, surprising to all of you guys that are going to be listening to this, we've got Ronnie Santa from uh, Santa Shocks. He's going to tell us the inside scoop of who Ronnie is, what he's developed, um, and what he does today as far as uh, the drag racing that he's into. And so let's get going. Yeah, Buck. awesome, man. Ronnie, please introduce yourself. Ronnie Sandhuff, live in Sinton, Texas. I've been at the same place for close to 50 years. And uh, that's where I started my business, and that's where I retired from my business. I oh. sold it in 2008 to uh, one of the employees, yeah. yep. and uh, it's still there. Uh, he rents the building from me, and he owns everything inside, and he's a good young man. And I go out there and aggravate him, and he runs <laughs> me off, and, <laughs> and uh, they take care of our dogs while we're gone, and awesome, uh, we have good rapport. We look out for each other. I've known Chris since before he was born. I knew his family. Wow. So let me ask you, how long How long had? Uh, how long has it been the, the shop business? How long have you had the business? Okay, I was working at Valero Refinery, and I started my shop part-time okay. around 1980. And I would come home from work at the refinery, and yeah. And I was mainly making money any way I could to buy equipment. Okay. And as that, a machinist. You're a as machinist. a machinist, okay. yes. And as time went by, I was setting up cars, going to the races. I noticed there was some problems with some of the cars on the shocks. We'd take them off, and they were different. And at that time, this is the early 80s, yeah. mid-80s, a lot of the cars... Most cars had Coney shocks. Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you go back then, they had the old orange single adjustable. You had to take it off, push it down, and turn it. And I'm thinking, that's no way to go. But then <laughs> they started coming out with a double adjustable. Well, I found out that, that as long as they were good and they responded to the adjustments, they were fine. But a lot of times the adjustments just wasn't there like it should be. And there were people that were relabeling them and, with their name. And these had knobs, or they were just clicking? No, they had not. They had a knob for okay. the bump, or the compression is the bump. Yeah. And then they had a window for the extension. Okay, that was and that was the latest technology back then. That was it. Right. Later on, they came out with the electric conies, and all yeah. the pro stock people jumped on that. Yeah. And uh, but that's when I started, and I was working with a guy at Houston. And his car was just doing stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. And I took the shocks off, and I was playing with it, and I said, this shock here is just not responding to adjustment. And no dyno, no nothing, right. just just me with my hillbilly experience. Yeah. And uh, he said, I got more at home. And he lived there. And he sent somebody to go get them. And he had a, a new pair at home and a couple of used pair. I ended up putting one new shock and one U shock on the car 
and the car worked flawless. It was perfect. Is that right? So, anyway, that's how that told me something. There's yeah. something going on here. Yeah. You know, they're mass produced. Yeah. And if you're fortunate enough to get a good set that responds, you're in good shape. Otherwise, you're not. So I was driving home from Houston, and I got home about seven or eight o'clock at night. I went straight to my shop. I grabbed some junk metal, turned it down, drilled it out, made me a needle valve. And I had never been inside a Coney shop, or I'd been inside some stock struts. Because when I first started, that's where I got my chrome rod from. I'd cut them open and get the rod and throw the rest of it away. But uh, I went out there and stayed out there at about 4 o'clock in the morning playing with this extension valving and how I was yeah. going to do it. And I came up with some ports rather than wafer stacks mm-hmm. yeah. and with some ports. So I said, this is going to work. So then I went, you know, in the next couple of weeks, I got after it and built a set. Wow. And so the guy that I was going to go back and put on his car blew his motor up. <laughs> and I was talking to a friend of mine in Phoenix, Arizona. He said, send them to me. I'll run them. And uh, he had a super gas or super comp door car. Anyway, I loaded him up, sent him out there, and I trusted him. He was a good friend, and he knew how to tune a car. And uh, his name's Tom Yancer, Tom Yancer Race Cars. He got the first pair. And so he went to a race. He called me up, and he said, I got good news, and I got bad news. And I'll never forget this conversation. (laughs) He said, the good news is they work, they respond flawlessly, I love them. The bad news is you're not getting them back. <laughs> <laughs> your prototype's gone. So, so, so was this like just the rev, like the first revision, like right up your right Yeah, up right out of my head first with time. my own valving, with what I come up with. So that was your testing. That was your testing. That was my test car. I didn't have a car. Well, yeah, wow. So that was the test car. And he had a partner. I forget just how the story went, but several years later, probably 10 years, something like that, uh, they crashed the car. And uh, his partner was driving, I believe, if I remember right. Anyway, uh, it messed up the rear end, and it bent one of the shocks or something. And, yeah. and he sent them both back to me, and uh, he says, one of them is still good. And the other one needs to be replaced or repaired. And so I just sent him another pair. And I had tweaked on that, and they were even better. And I just gave them to him for all the test work he did for me. And I don't know if it's still there, if Chris has replaced it or not, but I took that old shock and put it on a bandsaw to adjust the the bleed off on the bandsaw. (laughs) I had it on there for years, and I don't remember if it's on there. It may have wore out, or yeah. I don't know. But anyway, that was on there for years, wow. and that was the joke. That's the first one. That was <laughs> the first one. Wow. <laughs> that got a good yeah, take so that, 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 that shop was there been 40 years old I mean, at the time. That was like 80s, right? Yes, that was in the 80s. Wow. So that, 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 that says a lot right there as far as one shocker. Were these struts or were they rear? Were they rear, rear shocks. They're rear. Okay, so take get the rear share shock. An idea in your mind, put it together, and just literally just okay. Here we go. Let's test and all this for good, good response. Yeah, it worked out good. Now, now let me ask you: the gas porting that yeah. you did on it, where, where did that where did 
where did it come from? How did you like say, I think I can put that in there? Did it, does it come it from just, previous experience? Good Lord, I guess. Oh, okay. it, just, <laughs> it just popped Ronnie into my head. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know. It, was, it just happened. I said, well, we can do this like this. Right. And I didn't tear a Coney shock apart for years. Yeah. I didn't want to know anything about it. I didn't want to copy anything. Right. Yeah. And when I went in there and saw all these little shims and stacks of washers and everything, yeah. and it, it gave a variable speed on it, well, mine did it on the, on the port system. So, Same logic. Same logic. Yeah, it's just, uh, and the thing about the shocks that I built, if you turned it one click, the car would respond. Oh, yeah. If you turned it a half a window on top for the extension, yeah. the car would respond. Some of the other shocks, you could turn them all day, yeah, and they, they wouldn't make any changes. Wow. So that was that's what got it going. Yeah. And there's a lot of pro mod racers yep. came on board with me. As a matter of fact, back in the mid '90s, you go to a pro mod race, virtually every qualified yep. car there would have my shocks yeah, on it. Wow. And then I remember going to a race somewhere back east. There was like fifty something pro mods, yeah, uh, trying to qualify into a sixteen car field. Right, and if I remember right, I went around looking. I painted my shocks red. Yep, that was always a lot of the people, and I could just walk by and glance down and see what they had, <laughs> and, and that was the reasoning behind it. Did they know who you were when you would pass by? No, nah, they didn't know who I was. <laughs> Ain't that beautiful? I just, 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 and I just yeah. go by. How you doing? Yeah. Nice car. <laughs> peek down there but anyway uh, at that particular race I believe I only found three or four cars mm. that did not have red shocks on yep. and so where just by observation where did they fare in the, at the end of the race well at the whole qualified field had them so, so, so at least uh, so three cars out of 16 or so 13 cars at Santa so no three cars three cars out of 50 something cars oh, 50 I'm sorry three or four wow. cars I was talking about the qualifying okay out of 50 yeah. so yeah so, so the, the ratio is a whole lot more so <laughs> yeah. the, the ratio there is probably going to be the a, best a winner so yeah. anyway yeah we, we had the market pretty well covered in the 90s yeah and then Roy Hill and his group with Penske nice. uh, oh, they're man. all over in the Carolinas right and I don't know what they were doing but they were pushing Penske shocks yeah and most of the people went to the Penske's. Right. And then about six months later, they were all trying to Get on find board. their Sandhub shocks they had sold or loaned <laughs> or anything, and they were all coming back. Oh, <laughs> man. And, That's uh, even better. You know, I had, I had people, you know, through the years there, and they all became friends. All these guys became friends of mine. Uh, I had Al Billis. I had uh, Fred Hahn and Jim Oddie. I had Charles Carpenter. Uh, that was a big. I mean, just. Yeah. I mean, on and on and on. Quayne Stott. Quayne Stott. I met Quayne at a race. I think it was in Illinois. It was in like '96 or '95, yeah. somewhere back in there. And I'd always, when I go to the races, I didn't pay for advertising right. very right. much. I had it at San Antonio. I had a sign and. You know, here and there, but yeah. I didn't pay for advertisement. Right. I would travel and go to the races. Right. And if somebody really wanted to set, you know, I'd work a deal with them, give them to them, half price, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how I, yeah, customer that's service yeah. being there yeah. and everything. Yeah, that makes a big difference. And so I walked up to 
Mitch Stott was parked over here, and Quain was here. And Quain and Mitch weren't known very well yet. They were just also runners. Yeah. They were they were the low buck teams, you yeah. know. And uh, they ran hard. They ran good. And uh, I walked up. Quain was working on his car, and Cynthia was running around there. And she became like my daughter, which yeah, right. she's she's late, late. She's recently passed away, yeah. but anyway. Uh, Wayne says, uh, how you doing? And I said, hey, I'm Ron Sandhuff, uh, Sandhuff Shocks. Yeah, I've been hearing about your shocks. <laughs> and his, his old hillbilly New York, or New, uh, North Carolina accent. And uh, love him to death. He's, he's a great guy. And uh, so we got to talking, and, and he says, well, I'm, he says, my car's working right now. And he says, but I'd like to get a set later on. He says, to be honest with you, I just can't afford it right now. Yeah. I said, I didn't ask you to pay for them. Yeah. I said, I'll be right back. So I went to my truck, come back, said, here, yeah. they're yours. And he says, well, you want to help me put them on now? Or what? I said, no, don't. If your car's working fine, leave it alone. Right. Yeah. You take these and go home. Call me when you're putting them on the car. We'll go through it, and then you go test. Yeah. And that was the start of a very strong friendship right there right. and he in turn retired from pro mod racing in 2012 or somewhere in there yeah. and 2010 2012 and he started the southeast gassers association right he, he wanted to bring back 60 style drag racing four speeds wheels up right. uh no automatics uh Something nobody had seen in a long, in generations, long. you know. And, and 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 you you cannot get peer thread at this day and age because of all the parts being new. But definitely the feel with everything that they have now uh, and the rules that he has. I mean, yesterday's event uh, when you guys would go out there, I mean, people would just like just stop just to see y'all go by because you're hearing those. That shifting, zing, 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 you know, just going. It's just a and different then, sound. It's different. Yeah. yeah, it's a different. It was just, I mean, it, people just stop. They want to see what's going on because it don't sound like, like the other cars. And then when they pass by, uh, there was a guy <laughs> that's standing there with me. He goes, man, I think those, I think that's the fastest car that I just seen go by. And then another buddy here goes by. He goes, no, I think that's the fastest one. <laughs> and it just, I mean, that we had seen the whole day. I mean, these cars, I mean, he had pro He had tough cars, cat cars. People enjoy the wheels up yeah. and the shifting banging and the gears. You know, banging gears right. full throttle at 9,000 RPM. Yeah. yeah. It's different, man. Yeah. I, I, love, yeah. I, I seen you guys a couple years ago. You guys came out. I think Quailin came down that one time to Little River a couple years ago. Yeah, we were there. Yeah. And um, that was actually my first time. I mean, you just see the cars. I mean, you're not, you're driving. I mean, you, you, you guys are driving it. I mean, you guys drive bang and the cars are good and you're, you're running some numbers. But yeah, that's, Yesterday, that's the, exactly. the right lane was a little tricky. It was. It kept throwing you to the left. And Jennifer was lining me up and the, the glue was coming up or mm-hmm. the, and it was balling up. Balling up. And not, nothing against the track. They were trying, but the problem was they were bringing cars up there that had, had street tires on them and stuff. Water up there. Yeah. And that it just wasn't wasn't that, right. and so it was a nostalgia event. Yeah. So you're going to have that, and that's understandable. But uh, 
our second pass. Now, Scotty's car is an A-gas, that Willie's A-gas. He's six pounds per cubic inches. And that's Quain's old car. The that's the Quain's old car, yes. And if you he, guys go to our page, Facebook page, you guys can see these cars. They're there. Um, and this is what he's describing right here. So go ahead, go ahead. Let us know. What, so tell us what, what, what... A good example, we have a video of it, is when I was in the right lane, that was my quickest pass of the day, and Scotty made his quickest pass in the left lane. But my car went pretty hard left. Wow. You know, with the wheels in the air and everything. And I short shifted it and jerked it back. You can see I just jerked that sucker back. And uh, you have to drive them. Yeah. This ain't like an automatic car (laughs) where you just let go of the button and hang on, you know. Yeah. And and your body language while you're shifting, you've got to control that steering wheel. A lot of people do this when they shift. Right. They get the guardrail and stuff. And, yeah. and believe it or not, I recently, well, a year ago, put in the G-Force 101A transmission. Oh, did you? Okay. And I have never missed a gear since I put that transmission right. in there. It is slick. It's got the long inline shifter. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that thing is so slick. I mean, and I don't even rem- When I come back, I said, I don't even remember shifting. <laughs> What yeah. well, the G Force? They're breaking a lot of records recently with with their. What were you running setup. before this trend? Well, I I had uh, Johnny Hightower's transmissions. They were okay. Yeah. But he decided that he didn't want to support the drag racing like transmissions. A top, top loader version of it. Yeah, yeah, it was a top loader version. Gotcha. And uh, he decided he didn't want to support the drag racing because oh. some of the A gas cars were making extremely amounts of horsepower and torque and. They were breaking things, yeah. and it was. And he was trying to help people, and he's a great guy. But he just told me, he says, "Man, just we're, I'm going to just go back to doing." He done. He's a stock car guy, yeah. circle track, and he oh. says, "I'm just going to because you guys are making too much power, and I can't keep can't up it, yeah. with uh, right. what I got to do." So anyway, uh, I used to spend hours talking to him on the phone. He's a great guy, and he's still a friend. Continuing on. Uh, the pause break. You were discussing the uh, the four speeds, uh, the high tower, and uh, the new transmission that was going to be used, uh, and that's what you put in your car, what, which is the G4. So how did that transition go? Uh, did most of the racers uh, do the transition? Are they still running the high tower, or what's, what's the there's still several high towers out there, and there's there's nothing wrong with them. It's just that that uh, Johnny Hightower, the owner, he's He's getting up in his years, too. He's okay. not a young man. And he's a circle track racer. And he started off doing the four speeds for drag racing kind of as a side thing. And thanks to Mr. Quain Stott, he got everybody buying high tires. And that worked out fine until some of these guys started building mega horsepower in the A-gas cars. Power. And uh, he was having to service these transmissions, fortunately, for the racers, he was local. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And the, most of the racers come from that North Carolina, South Carolina area, Georgia, okay. you know, Alabama. And he was local. I, I think he's only like an hour or so from Queen. And uh, so everything went fine until the, the bigger torque started coming in, and he was having to service these transmissions ever every race. And he just got tired of and it. The, the bigger the bigger torque is that generating from uh, 
a, a rule change in the style of motor that you can build now for the weight classes? Or Well, the rules haven't changed that much mm -hmm. from the inception. Mm -hmm. uh, it's pounds per cubic inches. And, but you got master engine builders like Gene Fulton and some right. of the other guys, guys in that area. Is he is he a race car? He never actually did bring a car back. Gene, no, he didn't bring it. But well, he brought, brought one back, but it didn't fit the rules. Right. So, he, but he just never and, brought another one. He back. and Bobby Bennett partnered yeah. up on that. Okay. But he's still heavy in, in building motors. For oh, like he's that. he's one of the premier engine builders wow. in the country. Because he builds some high. And he was. He was the pre one of the premier nitrous engine builders in the 90s and early 2000s yeah. and all that. And Gene can build it. He started off with small blocks when he himself was racing, right. back when they had the old gas classes. And uh, he's premier, and his employees are they're, they're really good premier uh, one of, machinists. One of, the, one of the fastest early gassers that was in the group, uh, he was running one of his motors. I, I know I read it in the magazine. Yeah. It was a 55 Chevy. And, you know, when I, when I read the name, I'm like, man, that's a guy that comes back from the, you know, the days of, of yeah. real motor nitrous. I mean, that thing has a lot of power. I mean, that's when I was amazed at how much power these casters actually were, 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 the horsepower they were approaching and doing it with the four speed. And, and the suspension on that car, you would think it's like super high tech. This thing was still 60s technology. And, I mean, I don't know what the quarter mile was, but it was, it, it was I'm sure it was really fast for even, Well, trying to, Quain has a heck of a problem trying to divide between what's available today yeah. and what what's available from the 60s. And there's yeah. not a lot available. No. There's really not. So he had to allow aftermarket heads. I mean, yeah. them old camel hump heads, mm -hmm. if you can find them, right. they're junk. Right. There's very few, and they've been machined and valve yeah. guided and seats put in them and everything a mm -hmm. hundred times. And they're pretty much junk. For the most part, so aftermarket heads, you can do about everything you want to do to a camel hump head, and you can go buy off the shelf from any of the three or four aluminum head builders right. and make as much or more power uh, without getting into custom head work. Right, right out of the box, yeah. bolted on, yeah. and that's what I had on my 331. They were 200 cc runners. And uh, just bolted them on and got all the rocker arms lined out, and away we went. And uh, now, just like you can go to Top Fuel or Funny Car or Pro Stock. I mean, just look at the ETs they're running now in 1,000 feet. They're running more mile an hour in 1,000 feet than they did in a quarter mile. And that last 300 feet was just chewing up engines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, yep. Keeping the costs down, that was one of the reasons. And the tracks aren't long enough for another reason. So go to yeah. thousand foot now instead of the so yeah. the technology had to be allowed in just to make this possible. Okay, and you take the old uh, Camel Hump 461 or 292 numbered heads, yeah, and people would angle cut them a couple of degrees. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay, and that would change the valve angle, so yeah. the valve went into the the intake valve went into the cylinder a little different angle. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then they would yeah. use offset dowels and raise the heads a little bit yeah. to get it on a bigger, 
periphery of the radius, radius so it would allow more fuel and air in. Right. Well, you can just buy this now. Yeah. You, you yeah. can call up any of the head manufacturers. Put the mangle in it. And you can buy. They're already made that way. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's it's a hard line to to follow when you're trying to do nostalgia and have reliability. Right. Because you can't take an old style engine from the 60s and an old style Muncie or, yeah. you know, or uh, Warp Warner transmission and it's too much power. have it have it live. No, it's not going to. Yeah, no, and then, then you have oil downs and the times dragged on and yeah. Quain's figured it out pretty good. He says if I can keep everybody's attention for about five hours, right? he said we'll have a good race. And that's what he tries to achieve. And he doesn't want a lot of this old junk. He does not allow any Chinese rear ends. Yeah. You oh, know, I've some, seen of the, some of those, some of those uh, aluminum castings. Yes. He wants you to have one of the three top manufacturers right. rear ends. Bell housings now, also. Bell housings have to be the SFI type. And we're all, mine's the old one from the yeah. 70s, probably. And but they were they're they're good bell houses. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can't have it. You got to have all that stuff in there, or you're crazy. Now he doesn't enforce safety rules. All he'll do is make recommendations. It's, it's a a legal thing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So one of the questions that we always ask uh, the racers today and, and those who are running uh, today's current events, not necessarily nostalgic. One of the things that we've noticed, uh, just in talking to them, and or, or just as far as seeing the events, yeah. drag racing today, and this is why we wanted you to come out, because we wanted to ask you this, because there's something that you guys are doing very unique that's keeping you guys very organized, and organized. the that's crowds are huge. Uh, drag racing today in the world of no prep or or, or prep, and, and your shots are there. They are, I mean, they are just about in every car that's, that's successful in, in these races. But one of the things that we've got, that we're seeing is that, man, it, it's spread out. It's like you don't know what event to hit up at what point because um, every, there's a promoter doing something different at every other event, and you can't just pinpoint it to there's going to be a huge event, let's go there, all the cars show up. It's Everybody has their own little pack of races that you have to search on the internet to find them, to see them, who the guys are. You can't figure out whose car is what. Uh, you can't associate the name with the car until months later after you do your own. I mean, you actually have to study to figure out who your favorite car is or who it is. And, and you guys, uh, you and Quinn, you guys are very successful at doing something. Not only, it, it's not a modern car. It, you know, it's not a turbo car. It's not a nitrous car. This is some classic stuff that was going on back in the 60s. You, you guys brought it back out. But there's a technique that you guys, or say a protocol or something you guys keep, that is making it very, very successful. And just about every track that you guys go to to put on this event, the stands have people loaded watching this. And that's something you guys here in Texas, um, they, they always tell me, have you seen one of the events up in the East Coast? No. He goes, it's an experience. He goes, and, and you should go. Uh, and we've been told, too, hey, have you gone to one of the, you know, you know, uh, you know outlaw events? You know, 
Well, we've seen them. They're out there. I mean, everybody's behind the car at the at the drag. But you look at the stands and not quite packed. You know, but you guys, it nobody's behind the cars, but the stands are loaded. What's the technique? What is making you guys so successful? And how and how many years have y'all been doing this? And it it's only gotten better. Well, Quang started this, I believe, in 2013. 2012, 2013, 2014, yeah. somewhere in there. Uh, I This was my sixth year, complete year. I got one more race this year here in Texas, and I've been doing it six years. He was doing it three or four years before I got into it. Right. And I'd see his, his videos, and, and I'd call him up, and I'd say, what's going on with this cancer stuff? That's pretty cool. I didn't have a race car. Yeah, I didn't want nothing against the bracket guys. Right. You got to be good at anything you do to to do it. Right. But I'm not a button racer. I never have been, and I like a clutch pedal. Yeah. And I've always been a small block Chevy guy, and I like the high RPMs, yeah. and, and I love the bang gears. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's uh, I could go out there with like Scotty this weekend. And just make lap after lap, and just have fun because we love it, right. you know. But uh, and we would have probably done it again, but that right lane was going away. Right. And uh, I was going to the right lane next time, and I says, "Hey, when I was there last time, <laughs> I had to really drive the car." And I said, "I really don't want to go up there again until right. you know they drag the track." Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, what was the other question? You had two what, what made what made it so successful? I mean, from, from what made it yeah. what made it successful? Number one, Quayne, he was the two thousand and what five pro two thousand and six. So I forget the year yeah. five or six. Yeah, uh, world champion in right. IHRA mm-hmm. pro mod. Yeah. In that part of the world. Where Pro Mod Racing originated, Charles Carpenter and all that bunch, you know, Quain, yep. they all, I mean, there's just bunches of guys that started this thing. Right. Well, <clears throat> he had a good name behind him, and he started this thing first to the finish line wins. And there was another guy in the area that had a 55 Chevy gasser, right. and Quain built the Willys to run him and match race. He says, I want to race, so we're going to do this. And they matched race. And then here come another guy flowing in there. And our our man from Texas that was actually involved before me was Danny Graham with that 41 Studebaker. Right. Oh, yeah. And Danny would drive over there and make a few races. Yeah. And there was no A or B or C in the beginning. It was open everybody. You pull up there and <laughs> you, you get beat, you go to the trailer. You know, but here's here's what the here's what the the thing that makes it successful. Yeah, it's the camaraderie, the atmospheric to the fans. Everybody's welcome to come up and talk to you. I put kids in the car and let the parents take pictures. You know, and have a good time with the kids. Uh, give them T-shirts. Yeah, all of this. Kids love it. And the parents love it, and that's what it's all about, really. Yeah, is, yeah the is, family thing. Make it a good family it, It's event. totally family, and I don't know if, if you go over there, you will see 
the prayer right. to our, our Lord Almighty. And Quain gets on the microphone and he says, if there's anybody here that's not going to stand for our beautiful flag, we will escort you out and give you your money back. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And he says that at every race. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this is the kind of atmosphere that people want to hear. They really do. They want to hear that. And then going to see 60-style racing with... Three classes right. plus they've got AFX. They got three or four cars that they do exhibition. Right. They have Super Stock, which has grown now. They've been having eighteen, twenty cars in Super Stock yeah. over there. And then you got H Gas, which is four cylinders, six cylinders, straight eights, yeah. old cars. Okay. And that's H Gas, and it's coming on now. They're not near as fast. But it's cool. It's yeah. like it was when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, the, back in the sixties. Those classes are coming back around. So many people today, those that type of class racing, those type of rules that used to work very well back in the sixties, they they got kind of changed in the seventies. They they changed the bracket racing was introduced and, and a different style of racing kind of you know it modernized right drag racing. Uh, but today we're having a a new style of racing that is not conforming to what he likes to call track racing, class, uh, class, class racing. Class racing. Uh, what these guys today are are doing is basically what you guys run as far as gassers go. There's there's a preference of tire. There's doesn't matter what type of engine you've got. Uh, the power adder, if your car is lighter, if you've got a better combination, that's what's going to make you win at that event. And you may be racing some car next to you that is in the same class. Well, there's no class in the same event. But he may have an advantage to you because, like one guy mentioned, um, you know, more cubic inches, less nitrous. You've got less cubic inches, a lot more nitrous. You know, or, or you're running a different tire versus the other tire. Yeah. So it's kind of spread out. It's mixed match. What people don't understand that went on back in the day is that you guys are running those old rules. Explain to these people what A gas, B gas, what all those classes that you have, what that means in, in general. What does that cater to for each class? It's really simple. There you go. Pounds per cubic inch of engine. Okay. It doesn't matter what body you have, as long as it's 67 or older. In the gas classes, no Camaros, because the rules was based on January 1966. Uh -huh. 1967, or January, excuse me, 1967. So the rule book hadn't really came out yet for 67. Right. So it was really based on 66. And no Camaros, because the Camaros wasn't out. But there's a lot of Chevy 2s that, that are running. Yeah. yeah. There's and a lot of Chevy 2s today yeah, that are running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of Chevy 2s. The reason Chevy 2s are popular compared to the, I have a 39 Ford Coupe on a jig at the house. It's yeah. been there for three years, and I've done about three days' work on it because I've been doing other things. But the Chevy 2 is popular because you can buy one without mortgage in your home right. <laughs> and it's an old car yeah and they built a lot of them yeah 
Well, they were kind of. But if you get into like, like Scotty's Willys that was there racing me, yeah. that's a fiberglass car. Yeah. That was Quain's car. He built it. Okay. If you want a Willys today that's steel, Ooh, yeah. you better have a fat checkbook. That's a small right. fortune. And yeah. my buddy Oscar sitting over here sold his, and I could have beat him that day. He told <laughs> yeah, me he sold it. For about a penny and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they're just, they're not making any more old cars. Yeah. You know, they're out there. And your little Mustangs, a cool gas car is the early Mustangs. Yeah. They were out in, what, 64, 63 yeah. and a half, yeah. 64, yeah. somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. And they make cool little that got yeah. what a hundred and eight inch wheelbase like the Chevy twos, the Falcons. Falcons is another oh, one. Yeah, yeah. But that's coming. That's getting tracked right here. Yeah. So that's why you see a lot of Chevy twos is because the availability is is a lot cheaper. Yeah. And so, so but it comes you can down be to glass. You can be glass, or you can be all, all steel in your in your classes. You got to have a cubic inch to. It's, it's pounds per cubic pounds inch. Per cubic inch. Per cubic inch. So this is something that if they adapt it today. Uh, that would put a bunch oh. of people back in order and kind of weed out those who have, you know, too much motor. Yeah, I mean, it would, but like I said, you know, well, the, the evolution of power adders came along. Power and, adders, yeah. nitrous, and then the turbo and yeah. blowers. Yeah. That all changes the rules. I mean, yeah. that changes everything. Right. And I, I really think the, the gasser thing, yeah. if you go back east, I mean, Shady side, their finals is coming up. I kind of want to go, but with gas like it is and the expense of doing right. everything, and I got a cool little car and it runs good, oh, yeah. but I can barely stay in the top half of the qualified field. Right. So that means second round for sure, I'm going to get somebody a lot quicker than me. And I'm talking up to a tenth and a half or more, two tenths in some cases. And uh, not taking any away from those guys, right. but spending eighteen hundred dollars <laughs> to go over there and do it and come back and get beat second round at the best, possibly first round. So yeah. that's a big expense, but I do it because the atmosphere. Right. My friends, everybody over there, I can call a friend. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the best people you'll ever meet, you meet at a drag strip. Yeah. You know? So There's always that one out there that's a yeah. <laughs> troublemaker. But <laughs> but car people, in gen and here's something else I've noticed. We also shoot long range. matter of fact, we're leaving in a week from the day for right. Phoenix for Jennifer to shoot the U.S. National. Right. And we'd right. like for her to come on and uh, yeah. talk about that. Yeah, and um, we have found out that people that some kind of, Motorsports, whether yeah. it be cars or motorcycles or whatever, yeah. and people that like to shoot, oh, yeah. same. It's the same people. <laughs> <laughs> How fast is your bullet? Yeah. <laughs> and so we found that we have a lot of we have a lot of friends that follow my racing yeah. from the shooting world, and then we have a lot of of people from the racing community. That follow her on Facebook yeah, with yeah. her shooting. I'm one of the, yeah, I'm one of the followers. Too. So, yeah. I don't it shoot hand in, in hand. I don't shoot much anymore because I'm too busy with the race yeah. car and doing other things and not making excuses. But <laughs> I got a bad eye, okay. and I'm teaching to to 
I'm learning to shoot left-handed. Oh. Just to play a little bit. We've been out a few times, but uh, she she's the top woman in for as FTR rate uh, shooting in the nation right now. Yeah. Bar and, none. You, and and you helped her get into that sport, or she, uh, were you doing it first, or how did that occur? Uh, I met her at a, a small shoot, and I was getting ready to shoot, and you get in your zone when you right. go to shoot. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. <laughs> no, nothing. Uh-oh. And, <laughs> and she came up there, and, and somebody was introducing her to people, and, and this is Ronnie. I go, hi. I went back to what I was doing, and uh, she didn't like me because I didn't didn't say hi or talk to her better. I mean, I just said hi. Yeah. And she thought I was kind of a smart aleck. But yeah. Anyway, uh, we rocked along there, and then uh, she called me up. See, she called me up and said that, and she was in a bad way. She said, I just spent all this money on a rifle, and it won't even come into my scope. And nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and she said, uh, would you look at it for me? I said, yeah, I'll come on by tomorrow sometime. Call me before you come. So I sat there, we hung up, I sat there yeah. a few minutes, and I go, I'm not doing nothing but watching TV. If I call her back, I said, bring it on over here now. She lived about 20, 30 minutes from me. I said, bring it on over here now, and I'll see what's going on. Long story short, I fixed it for her in about a half hour, sent her on her way, bye, that's okay. She offered to pay me. I said, nah, that's no big deal. Anyway, we got it squared away, and she was happy. So then we had a mutual friend that was kind of coaching her and helping her and back in the in the day in the 50s and 60s he shot for the military yeah. and was a pretty good shooter back then but things change as you know and yeah. so he told her he says you need to you need to get somebody to coach you to take you to the next level yeah. and he said you need to call Ronnie so she that called guy? that yeah. same guy again yeah <laughs> <laughs> she called me up and she says, just, I'm going to ask you right out, would you be willing to be my coach? And I said, probably, but we've got to understand one thing. I know my way, and there's other ways of doing this. And there's a lot of people that are very successful that don't do it my way, but I can't do it that way. And I said, I'll teach you my way. But if the first time you say, well, Joe does it this way, and I like, I said, as soon as you open your lips, start packing your stuff, because I'm done. <laughs> and, <laughs> my way. And, so, and I said, that's all I know is my way. Yeah. I don't know Joe's way. Right. So that's how we met. And uh, It's been a while. Yeah. She's been shooting. Yeah, and, she's, and I, I'm still her coach. Yeah. Right now, she doesn't need me very often, but every once in a while, she... I, I tease her. She's got this left brain, right brain thing. Yeah. It's right in front of her, and she can't see it. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so she'll call me, and sometimes if she's at a shoot, she's having trouble. And Basically, all I tell her is uh, get your head out of your butt, go back to basics, and, 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 and get it on, and then she pulls it out. You yeah. know, A good example was like uh, a couple weeks ago. She got into one and she couldn't find a handle. You know, you got mirage and wind, yeah. and, and you got uplifts and downlifts of 
of air currents and all kinds of stuff. And you were shooting a thousand yards. That's six tenths of a mile. And that bullet does a lot of things yeah. going out there. So wow. she called me up. We were talking about it. Later on, she told me that she woke up in the night, and her head cleared, and she was talking to herself, and she went out, and she was so far behind, she was like second from the bottom, Wow! and she came back and got third, Wow! and uh, shot really oh. well the next day, so I was quite proud of her. Yeah, yeah definitely. That so, is uh, I, I saw some of her photos, she posted some, and she's just, just happy as joy, you know, but, Anyway, she's. Uh, I take care of her equipment for her, make sure that's all the way it should be. And so, yeah. So talking about that, you uh, you're a machinist. So, what all do you do? Do you do any custom designing for your for your rifles? Anything? I used to. You used to do the same. I don't do much anymore. I mainly just take care of her. Okay, but you have done like special yeah. uh, adjustments or builds. Yeah, I've had people. Uh, one guy sponsored her, called me up, wanted me to help him design a, a stock system for the Marine Corps, and we yeah. got to talking, and I told him, well, you've already got probably about all you can do with their requirements, Yeah. and he was willing to put me on payroll and everything, but wow. I, I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Since he's since died, and really a good man, and he, yeah. re- he paid her to shoot. Wow. wow. All her expenses was paid, everything. She made some good money, and uh, he was he was really Macmillan stocks. If you've heard of Macmillan gun stocks, no, I'm not. I'm not you're not in into it. But it's, it's, I mean, I, I see them all the time. But he I makes, dream about owning one one day. But. He was making a lot of stuff for the Marine Corps back then. Okay. Yeah. So his son's doing it now. His son's a, a retired Navy SEAL, mm-hmm. and he kind of took over. He started his own business with his dad's direction, you know, and then. After he passed away, they sold the McMillan Stock Company. But it's, I don't even know what it's called, but anyway, it's something else. But he's doing quite well and doing stuff for the military, government yeah. contracts. Yeah, he's, he's doing quite well. So let me ask you something. We're going to go back here a little bit. Um, let me ask about your teenage years. Uh, I told you <laughs> I was going to ask about that. And um, so, so where did you go to high school? Where, where did you go? I, uh, I was a confused young man. Oh, <laughs> hell. I pretty much grew up in West St. Louis County in yeah. Overland. Yeah. And uh, if you had a buddy that was two years older than you, you were with him street racing every night. Oh. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, Anyway, it was it was interesting to say the least. Yeah. And then uh, I was a, I was a school dropout. Well, what kind of car was it? What kind of car did you have? What were you, what I you had a forty Ford Coupe with three twenty seven. There you go. There you go. And uh, I was a school dropout. I couldn't get along with people very good. I was a little hothead. <laughs> How tall are you? Well, I used to be six four, but I'm not anymore. I'm, I've shrunk. I'm about six two now. Intimidating. Yeah. Intimidating. So, intimidating. I was tall and skinny. Yeah. And uh, the older kids, I remember when I was a sophomore, the older kids knew I was hot-headed. And, you know, <laughs> and they were twice my size and wanted to pick on me. And I remember grabbing that shop class, I grabbed a piece of two-by-two two about three feet long out of the trash can that was sticking <laughs> oh, up. And yeah. chased a guy that weighed about 
220 down the hall past the principal's <laughs> office and all this stuff. <laughs> but anyway, I, I mean. That was all they wrote right there. Yeah, but it was just a bunch of stuff like that. I quit school. I didn't like it. And uh, I went to work as a mechanic. And then, yeah. anyway, I went uh, to move back to where my brother lived in the country, back to the Ozarks. And I went yeah. to school there. And then, same thing. It was me. I had a hot temper. It's you. I, I, I just didn't couldn't get along with people. Somebody wise off to me. It was yeah. Knuckle City, you know. And yeah. I was in trouble. All what what time. years? What, what years were these? Because I, I see the. I was scheduled. Influences this also. The, the I was scheduled to graduate in '64. Okay. I turned 16 in '62 in October '62, and by that time I already had had cars and was street yeah. racing and going to Alton Dragway and Illinois Cross right across from St. Louis. And then we had a little eighth-mile track down by Pacific, Missouri, and we had another eighth-mile track over in Illinois at, uh, what was the name? I forgot the name of that town now. But anyway, uh, we'd drive our cars all week. Yeah. But then when it come race time, we'd put a tow bar on them and tow them because we was okay. cool. <laughs> you, grew up just like you grew up also doing some little street racing, and um, so obviously you had your, your you know, your, your competitors. What kind of car? What was the fastest guy that, that you guys would always say, man, that guy's back? You know, can we beat him this time? Because well, did you have a guy? That I had a like friend, that? Jim Dudley, with a yeah. '56 Chevy, yeah. and he had a 327 in it, and uh, that was cute. By he the was way. he was an old man. He was like three or four years older than me. Those oh, guys, yeah. man, those older guys. And he he was a Chevy mechanic at the yeah. dealership, and I ended up going to work there also. Oh, okay. And uh, anyway, he was he was kind of the leader of my pack, you know, yeah. as far as and me and him ran together and did stuff. And I learned a lot of stuff from him. Yeah. And uh, that's how I kind of, this was in 62, I was 16. And to my knowledge, I built the first set of five-foot-long real ladder bars. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm sure there was somebody else that did something, but just in my area, yeah, yeah. Uh, only ones I ever saw. And we didn't have any floaters on the rear end, right. you know, for yeah. the sliders. And fixed. so, no, it wasn't fixed. I made a bracket <laughs> and had two big 5-8 bolts on each okay. side holding it up to a bracket, and it slid back and forth on oh, the front of the ladder. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and you talk <laughs> about work. Yeah. That oh, thing worked. Right, he could. Man. He could pull the wheels. When you pull the wheels with a seven-inch tire back then, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the next question. Yeah. We always ask everybody, what type of tire did you use back then or, or back in the day? What was your tire choice? They were all recap slicks. Recap, recap slicks. slicks. That's go. about all we could afford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a couple yeah. guys who answered that same question. You could get a pair of recap slicks for about 6 or $7 a tire. Wow. <laughs> Man, imagine how many you can get today. I know. <laughs> But I think the I think the wage if you made the average salary back then was forty or fifty or sixty dollars a week. Yeah. And if you made a hundred dollars a week you were rich. Oh yeah. Definitely. A truck driver lived behind me and he told me when I was talking to him out across the fence and he said that he was making over a thousand dollars a month over the road truck driving and I like wow. to have a heart attack. And nobody makes a thousand dollars a month. So yeah, yeah it's came a long way. The only problem is with truck driving, you're never home enough to build a car. And, you know, yeah. I have a friend who 
always on the road. So. We have a friend in our group, Gaston Cornwell, with the 55 yeah, Olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's always been, since I've known him, He's he actually had a big rig record he ran for yeah. a while for somebody else. But he's got his own tractor now, and uh, he goes all over. Last time we talked to him, he was in Pennsylvania, I think. Ooh, man. Anyway, he's building a, a heck of an engine for that thing. Is he yeah. still Oldsmobile? Yeah. And uh, what's the Pontiac guy, the uh, company that the machine oh, shop, Butler. Butler. Yeah. Butler's doing his engine. Oh, man. Yeah, once you touch Butler. He says he's going to beat me. I said, bring it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he right? went to yeah. a Sega race while he was out there. I know he, uh, he posted some photos a while back. Because nobody makes nobody makes fiberglass stuff for his type of car. Uh, there's only like two guys that, that I know of that, that run Oldsmobile, and uh, they have to hand make their fiberglass. And so, I guess he's the second guy that I've seen actually mold a front end so he could do a flip, you know, front end glass. Uh, but not many of these guys, you know, not many guys today know how to do that kind of stuff. But you know, in your in your nostalgic style, uh, and you've got a unique car, but trying to keep within the weight rules and you try to make the car faster. Uh, you have to learn some yeah. techniques. Well, his uh, his uncle yeah. is a guy, I don't know his real name, they call him Scratch. That's all, I, yeah, I think so, yeah. And he's, he's, from, he's from <laughs> California and all of the old uh, pinstripers and mm -hmm. all that out there in yeah. the L.A. West Coast area. Right. He was in that clique and he moved to Dallas area. Okay. And he told Gaston, no problem, I got a buddy here, me and him can do it. Yeah. So, you and know. He molded, yeah, yeah. He molded yeah, They made the molds, and then he's, that's how he got tied up with Butler. One of the machinists there, Butler, yeah. told Gaston he would do his motor if he'd get him a front end or something to that. They did a trade. Yeah, yeah for you guys that want to look that up, just Google Oldsmobile fiberglass front end, the photos pop up. Uh, really unique uh, setup that they did. So, so you're into street racing. You're going to the tracks, and um, so what happened? You're in the middle of the '60s. Where did you go from that? Uh, turned 18, draft card 1A. There you go. And I decided to. Back then, the atmosphere was different. Both my brothers were in the military. One of them was a paratrooper in the 187th Airborne during Korea. Yeah. My brother was in the Air Force. Right after Korea, yeah. And uh, anyway, it was kind of uh, we all had all my buddies. They're all of us, one A, one A, one A. Really. And uh, so I thought, well, mom and apple pie. I'm going to become a BA, and I'm going to go over there and deal with them. So I went down and enlisted. You know, did all of the gung ho stuff, right. jumping out of airplanes and all that stupid stuff. And, <laughs> Away I went, you know. But before I went, I was on a military post, and I had some days off, and I was walking past the education center. Yeah. And I only needed like I don't know two or three or four credits to graduate, and I went in there and talked to the lady, and she says, "Well, there's five tests." She says it was in the afternoon. She says, "You got time to take two right now." I said, "Okay, let's do it." Yeah. And I came back the next morning and took the other three. And then uh, 
it caught up with me later. I shipped out to somewhere, another post, and anyway, uh, it came through where I got my GED, and then I got a letter from the state of Missouri of high school equivalency, and then after Vietnam, then I was out three years, and then I re-enlisted and did more crazy stuff, because if you've ever been in combat, when you come out of it, I was that way. I know people that have been, and I know yeah. people that don't. But you miss that camaraderie with your buds. Oh, yeah, exactly. You're dependent on him with your life, yeah. and he's depending on you. And I wanted to go back to Vietnam, but at this, this time, they weren't sending anybody back. They were bringing people home. Right. So, anyway, uh, I went through some pretty rigorous training, special forces, all that good stuff. I ended up in a ranger company and was there for a while. Anyway, I went on through my career, got out and stayed out this time. And then uh, I decided to go to college. So I went to college. I had the big brain idea I was going to be a brain surgeon or a dentist <laughs> or something, a you dentist. know. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, I went for... For a year, took academics like pre-med. Mm -hmm. Actually, it was about a year and a half, or maybe longer. I don't know. I, I had uh, 30, 40 hours, whatever it was. Anyway, then, I, uh, I said, this is not getting me anywhere. I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I really don't want to be sitting in the classroom for five more years. Right. Yeah. I really wasn't smart enough. <laughs> so, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. So, anyway, I... Went over and rode in machine shop school. Yeah. And even though I had some machine shop experience, I wanted that piece of paper because at the time, getting a job in a refinery was where the big money was. Yeah. Uh, almost like a doctor. And, uh, yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. And then during that time, I ended up in the Corpus Christi area. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, here I am. Nice. Well, that's, that's a good long, i say a, a nice journey. Yeah. Uh, but it got you to where you're at. School, like I said, back then, if you had that certificate, that was like go right. and get your right. yeah. certificate. You didn't have to have a, an education or like a, right. a diploma. Well, I don't mean to interject, but I just wanted to comment. I'm truly, <laughs> truly honored to have Ronnie here. I've known Ronnie since '88. Right. Yeah, we picked we picked Oscar's garage yeah. uh, for a reason yeah. uh, that we wanted to. Yeah. to, to but so I did want to say he's talked about so yeah. many people that we only read about. You know, we oh, see yeah. in magazines and exactly. on television. Yeah. This guy, he was local. He was yeah. as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Do you remember Mark Wesley? Oh, yeah, I know Mark Wesley. You well. were the teenager, right? You were the teenager yeah. back then. Yeah. He's a big, tall guy. He, <laughs> you know, and he was a Vietnam veteran. You yeah. were all afraid of him. But he, uh, you know, he there were some local guys, yeah. a lot of local guys that yeah. he helped out in the circle track world yeah. and the drag racing. Yeah. yeah. And I was very privileged to be invited to his shop one time because yeah. I, I used to sell cutting tools for. Uh -huh. Oh, that's right. For your company. Yeah. yeah, we haven't even touched on your. Well, that's yeah, fine. That's, we're fine. Get back. that's another story. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he was building a little carbon gear. He had yeah. it on a jig. Do you remember that car? Oh, yeah. I never yeah. got that one. But anyway, that I just want to say I'm truly honored that he's oh, yeah. here today. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it is. We, we feel the same over here. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, your name has been synonymous. In, in my, I've been racing since the nineties, but in those in those mid nineties, he's modern. He's modern. Yeah, drag racing today. Those guys, two thousand. Those guys, you go to pro mile races. Kennedale used to be big racing up at Kennedale. Oh yeah, 
boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. It was always had that that it was a red body. Yeah. You knew right. You knew what it was. So, so like yeah. I said, it, it's an honor. Your name's been around again, a good part of my yeah. racing. Yeah, and I and I have a friend that uh that we interviewed here, and he does a lot of uh, no prep. He started off early early on in the uh, yeah, no when prep. the show came out, and um, he goes, hey, come out, come out to my shop, man. We take some video and, and some photos, and and I said, yeah, man, I'll spread it all over the place. And so I go out there. Sponsorship, and uh, he's like, "Oh man, this is my secret weapon, man. I'm putting this on my truck." And so we, you know, I go out there and film him, and and, uh, and I remember seeing it. He goes, "Man, these chocks, man. These, th- th- these are the thing." And I said, "Man, you, so you've got some on?" He goes, "Yeah, I've got them on." He had his bat- he had the, the, the your banner in his shop, and um, it wasn't much longer by surprise. I mean, it isn't just coincidence. Uh, your wife calls me. She's like, "Hey, um, I'd like for you to." come up with the logo or something. I don't, I don't even know how she got a hold of me or what she had even seen of, of me doing stuff. I had done a few other cars, but not much. And uh, and so that's how I met you. I met She's you my like hound that. dog. Yeah. She goes and does <laughs> when I want stuff. something and I can't find it, yeah. I tell her, and she gets on the <laughs> Internet or whatever, yeah. and she, she's a hound dog. She'll well, find it. So she's you the... so explain to me a little bit. So you know Queen, you know Southeast Gassers, uh, definitely people know what that was. And then you wanted to introduce a chapter to Texas because exactly. you really wanted people to Wayne asked me to do embrace it. it. Okay. And um, so you got the group started, and, and, I, and, if, and you got it right in to where it was real nice, and then, you know, there's some ups and downs over the last couple of years. It does yeah. kill it kills a lot of stuff. It, slow, or at least it slows down a lot of people. Yeah. But you have a big passion. You have a big interest in, in getting a huge event. And no doubt, whenever you put on your, your event on with, with the other events that happen at Little River, because that's the home track you chose to, to put these events. Central Texas. Central Texas. Exactly. And that's what we cater to, Central Texas, the racers here. And all well, that. my reasoning for that, and then I had Danny Graham and Alfred as right. co-conspirators, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I said, I think we need to have a place more central in the state where, if, like, I'm coming from down by Corpus Christi. Right. I told the four of us, and I said, that's okay, and Danny comes from the Houston area, you know, and then Gaston comes from Dallas, right? and then other people are all in in between. There's San Antonio people. We had Mark here from Austin for a little bit, so he decided, you know what, I want to go to the main East Coast, and so he moved recently. (laughs) He got got bit by the bug, so he he wants to... His car is uh, in the shop over there getting finished up, and... He He's like trying to build a Barnuminium and mm-hmm. can't get people to work on He's it. He's a great guy. Tennessee somewhere now. Yeah, yeah. He's, He's in Tennessee. I, I was messing with him, calling him the Davy Crockett went back to Tennessee. <laughs> well, he, he made me an offer I can't yeah. refuse. Oh. And uh, another guy did, too. Yeah. That uh, when they get set up, they're going to put in plugs for motorhomes and all that. Oh, nice. I can go up and stay. Yeah. And, uh if the races are, there's another one in three weeks or something, I just stay and hang out with them and do whatever, and then we go racing again yeah, and not have to tow so much. You exactly, because that's yeah. what kills it, uh, is, is you having to drive from here out That there. kills it for me, and there's no doubt in my mind that if I lived in that area, I'd be a contender. Yeah. Oh. There's no doubt. Adapt. There's no doubt. I agree. I go so, down. I go down to see Mr. Gene Fulton. Me and him are friends. Oh, <laughs> oh, <man>. How many <laughs> friends do you, you have? You know, and I've got, have, uh, I've got I've 
friends in Indiana that's helped me out on my engine now. You know, One Way Technologies. They're great people. Oh, man. And you, you guys have sponsors that, uh, with Southeast Gassers. What are some of those, what, what name of some of the sponsors that actually contribute to to the SEG group? Uh, it, you got modern stuff. It's just, it's all specific, though. The logo has to, it has to, it can't have .com on it. It tries to be a 60-type logo, like Ram Clutches. They made yeah. up a, they made up an old sticker yeah. just for Quain. Right. And uh, there's several of them. Uh, right. We've got the one-way technology I just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, the, G-Force transmissions, they did, we got all the... Do they have a specific uh, decal that they had to redo? It's a lot, they do it. <laughs> they just get them made up. They'll go back in their archives and pull yeah. up something. Is and that right? Yeah. yeah. There's a... There's a to be uh, like that era of the 60s. Don't they have a, a, a sponsor using the, the computer, the software for the, for the EFI? Don't you guys had something like that a while back? I thought I saw something Yeah, like that. Uh, I'm trying to think of who that was. He didn't. He made modern stuff, computer right. stuff yeah. for modern cars, but he still sponsored the Sega group yeah. because he loved it. Yeah. And I, I, and he's, I, can't, I can't remember. Who yeah, it but was. he's a big guy. Really? Yeah. And yeah, big person in, in, in that, the world of in modern. World. Yeah, but it was. He's there, he's there with the Southeast Gas. Yeah, he, he sponsored. I don't know if he still does. He did a couple of years there, and I can't. I'm sorry, I can't remember right. his name. We'll, but we'll, if we do, we'll, we'll bring him back. In. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll re-edit. And uh, there's just and everybody there. Roby from G Force. Yeah, he comes to the races. And uh, matter of fact, I picked up my transmission at a race. He come by my he come by my yeah. trailer and said, "Got your transmission." strange. 
I mean, could you want to make a I'm there like, wait a minute, you know, where am I here? And, you know, the CSC headquartered my wow. head. <laughs> and, and they're all, they all, uh, uh, Jeff's a minister, and yeah. Chris goes to his church, that's how they met. Yeah. And about everybody there goes to And, and these are mom and pop, uh, mom and pop church, or is it one of these bigger, bigger churches? It's a pretty good sized church. Uh, I think. No, it's yeah. not super. He, right. I think they bought the old First Baptist Church building or something. Yeah. They're in, they're in that town. That's awesome. That's nice. But uh, that's cool. That that would be really like struck. Like that. And yeah. They tell you that. Like so. so would y'all go out there, wow. fella? There, uh, y'all go to church on Sunday. Yeah. And and then okay, that, that's a great atmosphere. Yeah, yeah we, that's awesome. We uh we try to go, but we're gone so much. It's pretty pretty hard. We yeah. ask for forgiveness, but, yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, our church group people are, are really good people. The youth minister, he's right. he's my bud. He's my, he's like my adopted son. Yeah. And his, Mondays is his days off, and he comes out, he's been out there, he's helped me build my, my garage on my house, he's helped me do expansion work yeah. on that, uh, I even paid him to mow grass one time. Uh, yeah, he did a couple of barrels. For, I taught. He wanted to learn to be a gunsmith. Mm-hmm. Oh, barrels like those yeah. gun barrels. Gun barrels. And he wanted a water barrel. <laughs> he wanted to learn how to yeah. to thread them and chamber yeah. them and fit them to the mm-hmm. receiver and how to do this. And he, you know, he he learned that part pretty quick. And he's done well. And he's actually done two barrels for her, and nice. one of them set a national record, I believe. Yeah. I, I asked a long time ago, I said, hey, are you doing your own barrels yet? And, you know, have you, have you, and I, you had not done them, I guess it was a year back, or just not for the sport, but I asked that, you know, at one point, that's why I asked you earlier, I said, do you do any custom, you know, do, do you have the ability to actually make yourself a competition rifle, like, from scratch? Can you scratch Well, you buy the, like, the barrels are blanks. Right. They come with Stop. your contour you mm-hmm. want on the outside. Yeah. They're just a hunk of bar stock. Yeah, and they have the contour you want on the outside, whether it be a straight F-open barrel or be a tapered TR barrel or whatever. And then they're bored, and the rifling's cut, yeah. and they're honed. Okay. okay? They're reamed and honed and all that. They're honed after the rifle. Anyway, I get the barrel blank in, and then my job is to, if it's like a Remington receiver, I'll yeah. blueprint that. And uh, I haven't done any in years, but I used to. Yeah. Now it's easier just to buy an aftermarket <laughs> yeah, action. Yeah, right. there, yeah. The time you buy a, a rifle and just scavenge the, the receiver out of it and then pay me the money to do that, it took a, it took a lot of time and yeah. money, and I just quit I'm doing sure, it. Yeah, I'm sure it takes a lot of time. So anyway, you can buy. We, we use aftermarket now. And... Uh, it's so much easier. They're nice. They're CNC made. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. and uh, so my job is to cut the barrel, cut it to thread it, index it, do everything to that, chamber it for the proper uh, bullet you're going to shoot, all that, and then you turn it around and crown it. And then you fit it to the action all the time. You're doing all this, doing your headspace, because if you don't get that right, You've got about, at the max, five thousandths of an inch between go and no go. Wow. 
tight. Right. And if you don't, if it's too loose, it's you know you can blow up. If it's too tight, the bolt's not going to close. So you go, guys, don't go around making your you know backyard <laughs> shotguns and junk because uh, it's going to be missing some fingers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't get no PVC pipe crap. You, you don't want to put a 270 yeah. round in a seven mag. I had a friend that did that and blew the whole bottom out of the gun. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah that, that, that'd be dangerous. Yeah, yeah where but anyway, uh, the, you're not just a parts replacer. Uh, if, you got, if you're messing with ARs, you can buy a screw-together bolt-on stuff. Yeah. And people say, I built my gun. Well, they bought all the pre-cut <laughs> this, yeah. that, they screwed, together, yeah. they screwed it together. Yeah. That's not the same. Yeah, that's not the <laughs> same. You can order, like, what, two, three different barrels for those suckers? And then, uh, and then well, what, what we do for her, well, uh, it's very precision. I spend a lot of time on that stuff mm -hmm. and, and take my time, and it's all on a manual machine and doing it finesse. It's it's more like artwork, right? Oh, yeah. So you're turning the dial gently as you're working. Oh, yeah, wow. very, very gently. There's some guys actually go and try and convert their manual machines to electronic, and I just, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, well, why would you do that, you know? Well, you can you can do that. One of them, well, my my best mill used to be a retrofit, but the computer was a little old and got bad. I got old junk. Yeah. I'm talking about in my, my little yeah. shop now. Yeah. Cause oh, okay. The the shock shop that yeah. Chris owns that's now. Got top line. That's got four CNC machines in, it. and uh, they're they're running all the time. Yeah. So I wanted to, so people can can understand the level of gassers. Some people think that, you know, a gasser car is just uh, you go buy yourself a, a, you know, go buy yourself this old car and throw a straight axle on it, uh, throw yourself a rear end, raise it up, you know, nosebleed high, the classic wording. This is not what's going on in your gasser world. This is definitely, uh, excuse me, horseshit. <coughs> so yeah. <laughs> tell us about your car. Tell us about the construction of your car. Tell us how much work you put into your car to be able to run it on all motor, on four speed. Let's talk about your, your okay. build up. Yeah. What did you have to do to get your car going so people can understand how how, how how strict it is or how the technology that you have to use to be competitive with that A-gas uh, has to be? What do you well, in A-gas... I run B gas, yeah. but in A gas is like we're back to pounds per cubic inch. And again, you had a, a very well-known Texas guy named Alfred Whiteside. Alfred Whiteside Alfred, was a ProMod guy, right? And he's all he's done all his life is build race cars. Yeah. And me and him have been friends since the early '80s, however long that's been. But anyway, uh, I told him I said years ago, I said if we if I ever decide to build a car. I said, you're going to be involved. Yeah. And he, and he said, okay. So I uh, came down with, with prostate cancer. And our famous VA basically jerked me around. Yeah. <laughs> and by the time I told my shooting buddy, who's an MD, what was going on. And he told me to be in his office. Monday, this on a Saturday. So anyway, he got me lined out with the right people, and I was treated. And but come to find out, I was already stage two. Yeah. 
and the VA canceled appointments, canceled appointments. They sent me to a guy in the valley. He says, no, I don't feel none. You got a, you got a prostate infection. We'll give you some drugs. And, and just, I went for, you can ask Jennifer, I went about a year and a half without seeing a doctor there because they kept canceling appointments. And guess what? I decided after three years not going to go yeah. back. And I made the appointment in August. And now, uh, last Wednesday, I got a letter saying they canceled it. And the the appointment was in December. That's how far behind it is. Oh my God! Oh, I'm just I'm getting ready to call the advocate. Yeah. And talk to them about it. But All right. Anyway, I went to see Southeast Gassers. Yeah. I was just coming off of treatment and everything, yeah. and we went up there, me and Jennifer, and watched the race and hung out with Wayne and reminisced the old days mm-hmm. and had a good time and everybody was so friendly <laughs> and. Chris Dunn, who I just met, yeah. Wayne introduced me to him, and he had a new Chevy too. Yeah. I I said, "You mind if I look at it?" I said, "I want to build a Chevy too." Great. I crawled all over and under <laughs> that thing looking at it. And anyway, just like people do my car now. Yeah. Right. There's times when there'll be two or three guys laying underneath my car. <laughs> you know? But anyway, you gotta get some ideas. I almost fit too, by the way. We gotta jack it up a little bit for you. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so on the way back home, I called Alfred, and I said, man, this we've been talking about it. I said, man, this gasser thing's where it's at. I said, let's do it. Yeah. He said, let's do it. <laughs> and so I came home, and uh, uh, another local guy who's got a shop there in Corpus, he does this outlaw stuff. Yeah. He had a Chevy two body. This thing looked pretty good at fifty feet. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I walk up on it. But anyway, uh, I bought the body from him and uh, stuck it up to Alfred. And we were gonna we bought a bolt-on speedway front end that yep. bolts to the oh, right. flanges mm-hmm. on the firewall. Yeah. Alfred called me up and said, "Houston, <laughs> we have a problem." <laughs> We already had the kit set yeah. there. He said, uh, there ain't nothing to bolt to. It's all rotted out. <laughs> oh, <I'm talking>. yeah. <laughs> I said, and we've been talking about a full frame would be beneficial. Yeah. And, and put coil springs on the back. I said, okay, let's go to plan B. Mm-hmm. Just extend it back. Let's put a full frame on it mm-hmm. and coil springs. Because we can't have coil over. So we have to have the coil springs separate and the shock beside it. You know? So, anyway, uh, that's what we did. Alfred built the car. Uh, he pretty much shut down everything else to do it for me. And I'd go up, take what a hundred dollars bill and pay him, you know. Yeah. Kept him, kept him going whatever he needed. He'd just yeah. tell me how much to bring, and I didn't question it. Just yeah. took it to him. I was fortunate enough to have a little money tucked away to do this. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I'd go up there, and he'd say, "I need you to bring this and this and this." And I'd take stuff up there and do this, and then I had an engine uh, took up there, and a friend of mine gave me a 377, it was a good engine, I just mm-hmm. had to get it freshened up, and uh, I used to build him rifles, so that's, he just yeah. gave it to okay. me, nice. I didn't charge him, so he gives it, yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, uh, we got it all set up, we had Hillborn, I bought a Two sets of fuel injection. We didn't know what size we needed. Brand new Hillborn. And we put the biggest set on there. 
and uh, we fired that thing up in the shop when we first got it together, and we was nothing but grins, you know. <laughs> she was videoing everything. Yeah. Everybody smiling, grinning. And then I sent it. I sent it to. Wayne and he had it on everything comment about two old men grinning from ear to ear and all that you know and, and uh, Alfred and I since I was the chassis tuner and the shock builder and he was a car builder believe it or not we think alike we're brothers I mean we really do think alike and we talked about every detail on that car and agreed on what to do the one thing I screwed up on was driver's location I said just make it to fit you well <laughs> I needed about four more inches <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but anyway I wad up in it and I'm yeah. all like this because the headrest is right here <laughs> but I've, I've adapted so. yeah. anyway but that's how the car yeah. came about and I ran it on fuel injection for three years I guess yeah. I pretty much washed the cylinders out on that 377 from mechanical trying to learn mechanical injection and everything. It ran okay, but I was trying to learn it. Mm -hmm. And who do you go to? Yeah. Not that many people. The mechanical around. world of that. And run. most of them that have it run alcohol. Yeah. And I had to run gasoline. Yeah. So the window was this big on alcohol, about this big on gasoline. Yeah. Somebody that. Somebody that can tune injection on gasoline and run good. I know one guy, Rob Walden, over in Georgia, that yeah. runs that 33 Willys with the 409. Yeah. Yeah. That man can tune mechanical injection. He's good. He's one of the few that I know of. Okay, and, uh, on gasoline. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, that's how that came about. And then uh, uh, I rounded up a that, – that engine was getting – I rounded up a, uh, I think it was a 68, 69 Corvette block. A friend of mine had it, and I bought it from him, and then I ordered a scat crank and rods, and I ordered JE pistons, and I ordered them little 200cc heads for it. I didn't think it needed the great big head, my way of thinking. <laughs> it's not true now. Bigger the better. <laughs> <Where are you? laughs> and uh, <coughs> so... Anyway, uh, we rocked along there and got that motor together. Uh, Bruce Sanders, a local guy in Corpus, did the machine work for me, and and uh, he put the short block together. It's a production block. Yeah, Chevy production. And then I ran that motor, and that little motor ran a 631, just a, three, a 331 inch motor. Yeah. But I had a weight break with fuel injection of 200 pounds. Okay. So anyway. Uh, I go back east. I made first first two or three years. I had the car. We made about half the races, at least four or five a year, and uh, I could run good, but not good enough with those guys. <laughs> those guys are just sitting there, ass. sitting there, and then you know, and they got a drag strip. I think from Quain's house, he's got like five or six within an hour and a half of his shop. You know, but there's there's drag strips everywhere. Yeah, I got to drive four and a half hours to test or go to the valley and they're yeah, pretty they much know. no prep down yeah, there. Yeah, that's all that is on it. And so <clears throat> anyway, uh, rocked along there and I said, man, I need to do something different. So 
So I bought a brand new set of one-way heads, the first echelon they started doing. They're basically a 10x vertex head. And uh, I bought those from a guy I knew that decided not to do it. They were brand new still in the box. And they were ready to go. And uh, they actually just, they went through Brodex and had Brodex send it to them to program it and do all the stuff he wanted done. And uh, anyway, uh, they were one of the first sets they did like that. Wow. And uh, anyway, I got those and uh, got some other parts from him. And then I called Jeff up. I'd met Jeff and his dad, who has now passed away, at the Sega, what do they call it? Sega, the, the banquet at the end of the year. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And... Uh, Anyway, I went there. Me, I took Alfred with me. Oh. Me and him went. What does he not go with you? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we we got to meet Jeff and yeah. his, his dad, Sam. And Sam was like 83, I think, at the time. And it's, when you meet these guys, or it was with me, it's like I've been buds with these guys for 50 years. Yeah. You know, we just clicked. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking about this new motor I want to put. I still have the 331 running, but I and I'd converted it over now to carburetors. Yeah. Took the Hilburn on. And uh, didn't want to wash out the cylinders. I ran it first with it, but it was giving me this same dilemma. So right. I uh, talked with Sam a lot, sitting around in the couches and the lounge at the hotel and all that, about my theory, and he'd say, yeah. I think that'll work, you know. <laughs> he was a great guy, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, I talked to Jeff, and I said, uh, these these heads, the chambers, they're, they're 64 cc's. I said, I, I'd like to run a smaller dome. Yeah. He said, well, the valve edge is right there. I don't know if I can do anything with those. He said, to do it right, we'd have to have the seats out of it all that. He said, that's going to be too expensive. So anyway, I I uh, took the heads. Before I went to the convention, I took the heads with me. We'd already agreed on that. <laughs> and I gave him the heads and he took them all apart and messed with them and said he able to give me a little more but not much just the way it was without cutting the seats out starting yeah. over. And it was too expensive. So I said, okay, uh, my deck height is going to be this amount. So would you mind getting the pistons for it, getting the mold and everything? So he said, yeah, I'll do that. So, because he had the heads there. Yeah. So he ordered up the pistons, and then this about the time COVID's coming in, right. everything's think, taking forever. And we'd talk on the phone every two or three weeks. We'd talk. I said, uh, Parts are hard to get. I said, why don't you just go ahead and get a, a crank and the rods coming? Because he already had the stroke on one and everything. And, uh, he says, well, you want me to put it together for you, too? I said, yeah, <laughs> just go ahead and put the short block and put it together. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, I went up there. She had to go up to shoot the Nationals, and I went up to pick it up. And it was, we took the block to him uh, in July 
sister passed away, and we, that was in Missouri, and I had the block. Yeah. And we just went ahead from the funeral and went on over to Indiana, which wasn't about four hours, and uh, took him the block and some other stuff, yeah. whatever, and hung out a little bit, and we came on home, and then it was a year later. It was actually 13 months. In August, we went up there, and... Uh, they couldn't get the parts. Oh, she saw the pistons, and she wanted to have one on a chain around <laughs> her neck. They were so pretty. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Well, you can slice it in half with them. They build... Their main business is sprint car engines. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, Swindell and all those guys mm-hmm. used his... All the big-name guys used his cylinder heads and all of his stuff oh, wow. and all of that. So, I my engine has sprint car parts in it for a lot of it. Those Custom. things rev pretty good and live yeah. up there. And they live. Yeah. And it's got the little uh, Honda Rod journals. Mm-hmm. All wow. it's, it's all tricked out, you know. And uh, anyway, uh, I went up there to, to get it, and she was going to Nationals. We took her truck, her little truck, in the race car trailer. <laughs> and uh, so she could go on and go shoot. And I stayed there, and then we went. We had a Sega race also up there in Indiana. All worked out. So I uh, drove the motorhome up to Sega race, and uh, they had plug-ins and everything, you know. So got all set up, and then the guy that does the Sega announcing, he found out I was just there and not yeah. racing, and so he says, "Well, you're going to be my guest announcer." Okay, so I got to do that. Oh, that's fun. And we got to get up there and swap lies and joke around and all that stuff. It was really a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. David's a clown yeah. anyway. He's a good guy. So that was great. And then, uh, anyway, she got done and she won 13 medals and come in with wow. all this gold bling. And, and, less uh, a piston. Yeah. Yeah, less a piston. <laughs> and then we loaded up and came home and had, like, what? All around trip, we had like what five flat tires. Oh, gee, that even makes my truck. Her truck was a thousand pounds heavier than I thought it was. Wow. <laughs> I you know, stop at the trailer tire set up. Yeah, the so trip to go out there. Yeah, we. <laughs> time we got home, we had all brand new tires <laughs> and one new spare. Yeah, <laughs> ready for the next trip. But it was a good time, and uh, really got really got to be friends with. Jeff and Chris and the other boys at one way, the crew in there. Yeah. And, uh, you could eat off the floor anywhere. Wow. So, so with your car, when you take it to these events, um, today you have a crew, or even in, in competition, racing. what's your crew like? What is, what My is crew? your crew? There you go. You're looking at it. <laughs> Two. In your toolbox. I say, I say, if it takes more than a screwdriver and a pair of pliers, I'm putting it in the trailer. <laughs> and I agree with, I agree with yeah. Twain. Races are one in the shop. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You uh, have the we have, you right? know, bracket racers are notorious for driving home and leaving the car in the trailer until the next race. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that with these cars. Yeah. You have to work on them. Adjust the clutch. That was one of the things you had going on yesterday. Yeah, I didn't have enough free play in the clutch. I could hear the throw out bearing when I fired it up. And then I had to work on that and check air gap and do all of that. And then I had the, I came in after the second round.
round, but yeah, second round. And put it, it's an inline shifter mm-hmm. with a separate reverse yeah. lever. And I go, punk. Oh, <laughs> it broke off in my hand. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I had before that, I had a carburetor leak. And these are those 660s, and they're all 40, 50 years they're old. old yeah. Yeah. And they're in line, and the old uh, main center, center yeah. main body of the carburetor is aluminum or pot metal or whatever it is. Stuff, yeah. And I've got helicoils in a bunch of them, but one decided to leak wasn't helicoil. And it's just from the vibration yeah. and everything, those old threads. I mean, it's just powder comes out of there oh, from yeah. being old. So I had, I had a helicoil kit, but in the kit is a brand new kit. The little rod that you mm-hmm. screw in uh-huh. there to yeah. put it in was for a size smaller. And so the helicoil was jacking with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got it in there, and it didn't want to take the bolt right. So I had some old bolts. Because I'd bought the hex head bolts, the longer ones, yeah. and then them to fit the length, the length of the, and uh, so I had the old original bolts that only caught about that much. Yeah, it's custom with thread. That was the yeah, <laughs> and uh, I thought that was the reason they were pulling out. It wasn't just the old metal, you it's know. Just their tools. And uh, and I I I'm real careful when I tighten. You have to get them tighter; they'll leak. But you don't have to over tighten. Right. Yeah. So I pulled that thing out. I got a helicoil in there. And finally, I I tried an old screw. I didn't want to keep running screws, and uh, I got it. I got it to catch. I said, "Okay, let's put it together." <laughs> so we put it together. And I run it up, and it only caught about two and a half or three threads. Yeah. And then the other ones, I pulled them all up, pulled it down, and doing that one too yeah, in yeah. a sequence, you know. And it actually held pretty good. I got a pretty good grip on it with the, with the little yeah. little nut driver, you know. Yeah. And. Uh, because I take the carburetor off and I made this little aluminum platform to set it on, mm-hmm. and I got long, long fuel lines so it can twist around. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. And uh, I got individual uh, inlets on each bowl. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve Taylor did the carburetor, and uh, so which he does a great job. Yeah. And uh, anyway, we fought with that. Scott was helping me. His car was ready to go, and I got gas running out. <laughs> Anyway, we got that fixed, and it didn't leak. We got it all together, and I turned the pump on, and nothing leaked. I said, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and then the reverse lever broke. And what's really funny for me, but it's sad yeah. for Jennifer, I've, I've been noted for doing the John Force burnouts. I yeah. like to show off a little yeah. bit. The crowd loves it. It's all fun. It's all fun, you know. And... And I got it shift light at 8600 for the burnout, yeah. basically. Yeah. Don't you see that blink get off a feather, you know? And uh, we're not allowed shift lights, but right. I got one on there for our Texas group. Yeah. I, I ain't enforcing it. Oh, there you go. So <laughs> anybody wants to go back east, I might as well crowed on real quick just for that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I use it just for the burnout. Yeah. I don't. I don't even. I, it flashes, but I don't pay attention to it. It's all by seat of the pants. Yeah. But that's my burnout indicator. I'm going too far if it comes on. You know. Yeah. And I do 8600 8, burnouts. 8600. <laughs> that's the thing. That's what, when people in the crowd hear like, and you see them come. 
Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I have to say the Garvin family mm-hmm. at Little River has been so good to our little group. Yeah. And to me in particular. You know, Fred gave me two crankshafts this week. Did he? Yeah. Some he had laying around. Yeah. And they're aftermarket. Yeah. But I took photos of his Corvette with his big old red thread. And he he gave us his wife's golf cart for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott's dad had a stroke, mm-hmm. and he can't hardly get around. And Alfred's been sick. Yeah. So, anyway, that was their golf cart for the That's weekend. Right. That's awesome. just how great the Garvins are. Good, good, and, good, good call out. I appreciate that. Yeah, they are a good family. They too. And I've actually called. He told me, if you ever need to test something before you go back east, and we actually did it one time. Went up there, and, and we did it twice. And in the middle of the week, he says, I'll turn the lights on for you. He says, I'll prep a little bit right here on the starting. And he did all this just for <laughs> me, you know. So, anyway, they're great people. Yeah. I'll do anything in the world for them. All yeah. they got to do is ask. Yeah. And uh, the burnout, back to the burnout story. <laughs> Thank you. I go up there, no reverse yeah. lever, and I'm so used to doing a good burnout. You're about, you're about I, you're about 300 feet I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about no reverse, and I went across the starting line, and I go, "Oh, I don't have a reverse." Well, I push in the clutch, come down on the brake. I was probably out there 80 feet, 90 feet, and you back. Push you back. So Jennifer's running out there, and they thought she's going to line me up. She goes out there and starts pushing. <laughs> well, you got glue on the track. Yeah, oh, it won't move. <laughs> She's pushing. I thought I was going to have to shut it off, get out, and push it back. <laughs> well, here comes another lady running up there. She starts pushing. And then she's waving, and Jennifer's waving to the guys yeah. on the starting mm-hmm. line. And they all came back up there Gee, and pushed push me back. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was, like I said, it was kind of fun, but it was hard on Jennifer. But uh, funny. We, uh, but you got it back to line mid pass. Boom. Okay. Yeah, and the, the last pass, Scotty's a gas car. Mm-hmm. He says, I want to do bonsai runs every time. I said, okay. So we had, you know, we're going to do the old match race tricks, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the way they do it in match racing. And uh, he said, no, I want I said, okay, go ahead. He said, we'll run again. So he beat me the first two times. First time he got me about a car and a half. Yeah. Second time, I got him on the tree bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my front end was even with the middle of his car. Yeah, I oh, saw wow. that one. I saw that, and I'm like, oh. and that was a good that was a good race, but it was all due to the tree. I had him a bunch yeah. on the tree. And you're really good on that. Uh, I've seen. You know, well, I'm not. I need to race more. Yeah. I'd get good. Mark, you know, Mark has a really nice '55, uh-huh. and uh, there's. I guess it was last year or sometime, and uh, and I, told, you know, because usually he would always take people out of the, out of the hole. He's really good at shifting too. And I said, "Hey, Antov done got you this time." He's like, "Oh well, you know, he's he's much lighter than me. You know, he's faster." <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, Mark's a great guy. But you, I mean, you you have a serious motor built in your car now, so yeah, it, uh, it runs good. Like I said, though, I need. I just, the 331 I mentioned, mm-hmm. okay, Scotty, the guy with the willies, wanted that motor. Yeah. 
I sold it to him like a year ago. He sent me $500 so I couldn't back out. <laughs> so, well, actually, he was, the way for that actually, way. I was, he was supposed to give me two carburetors for another trade or something. I don't know, something we were doing. We're all the time trading. And uh, he says, well, you're not going to need the carburetors since you're selling that motor. So I'll just give you $500. I said, okay. So anyway. So those 660 carburetors that you have, um, nobody's making them anymore? No, no, they quit making those. But there's nobody trying to They quit making them. It's no. been about three years ago. Yeah. They took them out of production. Yeah, they been, were still uh, making them. Yeah, it's been, it's, but they didn't sell them. That. Nobody bought them. And now they're using the 650, what do they call that? The, uh, they got a couple performance of, something or other. Yeah, they got HP. It's an HP. He, works, HP. He, he works for Holly. So um, okay. Yeah. So, so the, 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 the HP 650. Yeah, they're the HP series. They're, they're the one that have no choke power. Right. Then squirted, I think they've been out longer than that. I think they're the 4223 uh, list number. I don't remember. But. Yeah, they've been out since uh, some sometime in the late 60s. Late 60s. And they were, yeah. they were hot. And they're popular for the for the tunnel ramp. Yeah. Forward, right? Everybody's got a tunnel ramp. Mark's got those, those on there. And yeah. I didn't know, you're, I didn't you're know what they were. Those. So he showed because of what? It looked, they, they, they center squirted for this reason. Uh, but they're very popular. Uh, it was a popular carburetor back then. And There's been uh, some people that hoarded some brand new ones. When they heard they were bought them, when they heard they were going to quit making them, but you know, if you can find them now, they've all been sold pretty much. So if you can yeah, find them, you're going to spend eighteen well, hundred, two grand a pair. Yeah, the funny thing is, like, if you do find them on eBay, yeah, they're going to be a thousand dollars. I did. I saw them. One day. Uh, yeah, or, they must have been about three, yeah. four. I've seen them eighteen hundred yeah. and two thousand a pair. I was wondering, I was like, wow, there's wow. a lot coming up on eBay. And even the used ones now, yeah. even old junkers are bringing, you know, five hundred, seven hundred fifty a pair. And I've had one guy, a real famous guy here, he says, he goes, I ran those, and I thought I didn't go faster. I spent this X amount of money. I put them on, and I got slower, so I took them back off. And we went back with a, his usual back. You got to tune them. Yeah. Well, if that's a street car, they're not good for the street. Yeah. No, he was racing. It's it, it, okay, a race but car. But, anyway. you know, it, it preference. Everybody has preference. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what you see nowadays. But that HP 650 is the one they're the using one. pretty yeah. much. So do you they take switch the, out, or you just no? Nah, I'll repair that one carburetor if I can. I've got <laughs> bodies if I don't. Yeah. Oh, you do get. Uh, I've so got some. So he's got some main oh, bodies. That's go. all you got to yeah. do. I got another pair, and Scotty's got several pairs. So oh, you could. If yeah. I need them, I, I'll get. I can get. I'm sure you can get that way. body repaired. Yeah. Just keep building. <laughs> this well, one good. Yeah. Hey, so I'm gonna ask you something. So, because you're you're gunsmith, or or you build. Because of the competition, uh, you told me because uh, I was putting my rear end together for that one car I was building, and uh, you said uh, you just you know get you the best you know the biggest blinds, the most blinds you can on your rear end. Uh, you've got gun drills uh, yeah, on your car. When I had the little motor with fuel injection. Yeah. I was trying to get the twenty four fifty, which is the minimum weight to be gas. Yeah, and with yeah. fuel injection, yeah. so you gun drill the axles are like. And I got to like twenty four eighty. I was still thirty pounds. Wow. I didn't have to worry about the scales. So you did. You did. Uh, you also changed out the the brakes for a lighter. Thing. Yeah, I had the I had the metric brakes on it when Alfred first built the car. Yeah. And I put the Willwoods on it. Still, this all happened 
with the little motor trying yeah. to get down light as I could. Right. And, and you can ask her. I spent what oh. was it like three days to get eleven ounces or eight <laughs> ounces? Eight, eight <laughs> ounces. Yeah, he tried to shave every little <laughs> ounce. Every little, and then he didn't eat breakfast that morning. Yeah. yeah. Let's go trim these calipers, shave the calipers all the bit here. Yeah, the grinder at the track. Yeah. There again, races are one in the shop. Yeah. I agree with Quain on that. you got to work on them. So you yeah. have your car is a 2 by 3 chassis, two custom by three built, chassis. front to back, yeah. uh, no carbon fiber, fiberglass. It's not allowed, it's fiberglass. Right. Yeah. Your floors are all aluminum, all like aluminum. a traditional race car. Right. And um, Door panels are aluminum. firewall, I believe, it's aluminum. you can remove it. Yeah, it can it zooses out. It's yeah. aluminum, and you, yeah. you know, so it it, it, it is a nice, straight built car. It needs it's six years old, and I've shook the tires too many times, and I've got a few cracks in the bondo. And oh, no. <laughs> so, do you get underneath the, and, and do you do your your adjustable adjustment on your shocks? Do you have adjustable? Yeah, I have adjustables on them. I haven't touched the shocks. In I don't know how long. They just keep working where they're at. That's good. I wish I knew the guy who built those shots. The coil springs on the rear have got jack bolts in them, like a circle track car. Mm -hmm. And when I put it on the scales, I usually put it on the scales every every time I take it out. Because towing in the truck will change them, you know, the trailer. Yeah. Bouncing around, especially when we go back east. You got to cross Louisiana yeah. and Mississippi. Some of those time. were made in horse and buggy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, anyway, uh, the jack bolts come in handy. Yeah. I don't take the scales with me to scale it when I get there because you usually can't find a good spot. But I can go and make a test hit on Friday night if the track's right. I can watch the other car. She'll go up and watch cars. And she's learned a lot about putting me in the right spot and all that and uh so she'll come back and say that track's good you're, you're in good shape and if the car drifts a little bit and the track's good well i just come back do something on the jack boats you know take a little out or add over here or whatever and then next pass is straight but i, I it's close enough i can drive it. right you know so you don't have to do it like most of these guys today where they run well, I mean, well, I got I got ballast. Yeah, you got ballast. Yeah, so you got yeah. There's certain ballast cars like your ballast. Yeah, you know scales. Like I said, if he scales the cars, that that's yeah. that good tool. Mm-hmm. Scaling the car. Also uh, corner. I believe in scales. It just causes it it, it eliminates so much confusion. Yeah. You know what your front to rear percentage is. I know my car work on the percentages. I got a pretty good window on it. Yeah, and on the rear percentage. Take preload too. Well, it's it's ladder bars, and they they got the adjustable length on there. But I don't like the preload because it binds. All you're doing is taking into a bind position. You're jamming the car where it doesn't. It's another work after that. And even when you change the jack bolts a little bit, you're changing the preload on. That's what you're doing, but you're not doing as much as just binding the car. Got you, got you, got you. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Totally. So. And like a lot of people, like well, my car I got an anti row, so I set mine at neutral, and I just put like a maybe quarter turn on my preload on my, my anti row. Yeah. But but you're doing kind of the same thing. You're doing with your springs. Right. Yeah. So it's all yeah. It's all weight and balance. Yep. And you have uh, the rule states, uh, what, just single clutch, single disc clutch only. And if if there was dual disc clutches allowed, cars would probably be two tenths quicker. 
all of them. And the A-gas cars are on the edge of requiring a funny car cage. Wow. They're right there. So next time you guys want to go check out one of these gas or, uh, events up in the East Coast, think about what he just said right there. Uh, all motor, four speed. The, he just described to you how he built his car. Uh, this is not your slap together, you know, oh, gas or. You guys, if you guys ever get a chance These to see his car, it's, it's, a, it's a nice work of art. Yeah. Prepared so, correct. It's dirty right now. Really right. nasty. And one last thing before Granted we wrap up, <laughs> before we wrap up your conversation, I know you got to get back to to your to your town. Um, ex- give us one little uh, explanation as to what the finishing touches was to your car. The guy here from Austin. Hands. Here. You've got hands, uh, August hands, hard valve covers on your car. Yes, I do. Butch Lake has been a good friend of mine. He was coming down to Sinton, the guy on the stock car there, and he was building motors for him. Yeah. And I was working on the stock car. So. And uh, we became friends. And that was probably 82. Right. So we stayed good pals all these years and everything, and he called me up uh, several months ago, now, and he says, I got something that needs to be on your car. Right. You need it on your car. I go, what are you talking about? He says, I got my brother's valve covers wow. that Mickey Thompson sent him. He says, I think I was like 15 years old. These valve covers are magnesium. These are magnesium. And they say MT in the middle instead of Mickey Thompson. Right. And the shape of the logo and everything's totally different. And it's got this big, tall vent on each valve cover mm-hmm. made out of aluminum. Yeah. And it's got angles in it to keep the oil from yeah. going out. And he says, we're coming down there, and one of my friends wants to get some shocks, and we're coming down, I'll bring them to you. So he delivered them to my house and sent them from Austin. So I got them there, and we looked and knew and awed over them and everything, and then Jennifer took them and worked her magic and cleaned them all up, and I took the vents and took them all apart and bar sawed and mm-hmm. did, you know, scrubbed, and she took them and scrubbed some more. And uh, they're uh, as near as we can tell. Nobody's seen them just like these. It's a one-off set. It, it was Mickey Thompson personally sent them yeah. to hand. And this was, uh, like I said, however, Butch is two years younger than me, so he was 15, however long that's been. Yeah. And uh, he had them laying in the shop, and at one time he had painted them chevy orange or mm-hmm. red or something red. Butch Lake or Hans? Butch. Okay. Butch used them on, on a motor he had okay. after Hans passed away. And uh, now they're they're unique, one of a kind. They are. And the man that owned them and the man that built them are gone now. Yep. And I'm in possession of them. And I told Butch, if I ever get out of this, I'm going to give them back to you. And he said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. They're wow. yours. But anyway, uh, I'm so proud of those things. And I never personally got to meet Hans. Right. I wasn't in Texas when he died. Right. I was in Vietnam or somewhere around 
Okay, he passed. He passed away in uh, 1965. Yeah. And uh, so I was still in St. Louis. But anyway, that's a unique thing on my car. And, and you've sent me a lot of pictures. Yeah. And the plan is this winter we're going to try to do a, a thing with a bunch of pictures. Poster design. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shortly after I called you and I asked you that I wanted to see if I could get a hold of Butch Lake because he was he was around. And, uh, and we did. Me and Oscar went out to go meet him. And uh, we got to have a great time uh, with slot car tracks. So me and Oscar, we do modeling. <laughs> we got uh, another modeling guy here that we does model cars, uh, Ken, sitting here with us. So uh, it was just an excitement for me and Oscar to go out there and meet Butch Lake, my yeah. son. Uh, not Josh, but my other son. Um, he can be quite funny sometimes. He was very funny. <laughs> and uh, he's a character. He's a great guy. Um, and so... Uh, to him a few times and he did tell me you know he he has some cool stuff that that his brother that, that he has of his brother and uh, hopefully we can get him on get him comfortable enough to come out and uh, sit down and have a nice chat with us because just the stuff that he told me within about a 30 minute time frame that's all we had before they closed down uh there was just so much that i did not know that oh, yeah. only he knows nobody else here knows um and it's just you know, from his personal times of him racing alongside with them uh, to the things that are that were on his engine, like the valve covers, the the intakes that he ran. Uh, one of the things that Butch told me was uh, for his class racing, he had to you know get an old uh, an old block and and to de- you know to, to run it as a two sixty five. He actually resleeved a, a complete block uh, just so that he could get into a into getting one to not crack and uh so there's a bunch of cool stuff that he did you know back in the day uh, that sure would be interesting to bring him on so maybe uh next time next time that you're you're in town uh we can get him to come and sit down and you'll have to try to get a hold of him oh i can talk to him i can probably yeah. call him now and he'll say hello paul from round rock yeah but yeah yeah he's a cool really cool guy so yeah. hopefully we can get him to talk more yeah. about yeah. he's uh I, I tease him and tell him he's the biggest waste of talent in Texas because he was a heck of an engine builder. Yeah. yeah. Well, he still is if you can just get his hands on some, some stuff. He's he still got there. most of his equipment. Does he? Shop there, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, um, he was working at a bus, this one shop a long time ago, and I had no clue. I took my car out there, and I said, hey, I got this transmission. I, I don't have time. I, I, I need you guys to, to put it in and have it ready for tomorrow. And uh, he's the one that did it. <laughs> <laughs> he put it in. He goes, "Here's your keys." He goes, "I did exactly what you said." And then I thought about it years later, and uh, and I said, "That was that was the guy that was working there, wasn't he?" And they're like, "Yeah, that was him." And I said, "That's the guy that put my transmission in my car." That you know, I was so honored. <laughs> He's a good mechanic. He did it way back then. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I want to thank you for coming on out, yeah, uh, right. stopping by after the races here in uh, in Taylor, Texas, with Oscar Oscar's Garage. And uh, we hope to see you at the next event and uh, just have some great times again. We'll be there together soon. And, um, again, appreciate you coming out, both of us. Uh, Anybody you want to give thanks to? Anybody you want to mention? Sure, sure. Uh, The good Lord, first of all. Uh, He's blessed me in so many ways to allow me to do this. Right. Jennifer, my sidekick, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to do this. I've got some health issues still, yeah. and she tries to keep me straight on that. 
actually had some this weekend. That's why I didn't run Friday. Right, uh-huh. right. But, uh, I have to thank her, and then Alfred Whiteside, right. One Way Technologies, uh, G Force, all of those people. Uh, EXP One is a recent guy came on board. Okay. Met him through Steve Taylor. Mm-hmm. He he makes an additive called EXP One. Stuff works. Oh, awesome. It works. You put it in. You put a port in and you change your oil. If you got a small motor, you put a kind of, uh, It just slicks everything up. Yeah, she, we put oh, it in wow. her. We put it in her little uh, uh, Colorado mm-hmm. four cylinder. Yeah, and she picked up about two to three miles per gallon <laughs> after after it's in there a while, because it just slicked everything up. Go get it I'm gonna say yeah. that it's I'm gonna say that in this heat I'm running some pretty good numbers. And uh, I got the same spark plugs I've had in there a long time. <laughs> and I do go through the valves and everything, but uh, mm-hmm. the jetting's been the same, but the car's picked up. I can tell it's it just it helps. And uh, I run synthetic Valvoline oil in it and uh, put that in there. I can tell the difference. You know, a lot of people think, yeah, you're just trying to sell something. But no, <laughs> I, I, I might make, make nothing, but he sponsors me right. on, on that wow. stuff. So. And then, uh, like I said, the uh, Roby at G-Force and uh, uh, Sandhub Shocks, Chris that you know, owns that. Uh, Wayne Stott, for sure, for getting me into this. He's the most expensive friend I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne King. Oh man, that's gonna be a deal. And there's more, I'm sure, but uh, <laughs> the main one is Jennifer and Alfred, and, and uh, they're there for me and have done everything with me, and, uh, and of course the good Lord. So anyway, and uh, always looking for somebody to help out with that traveling money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's anybody out there that that's got a, some gas money and wants to tag along, oh, let me yeah. know. There you go. Yeah, I mean. Like I said, we'll get this uh, up and going. You guys, uh, we appreciate you guys yeah. coming out. And we're here to support you. We're here to support you every time you go to the track. Uh, Very good. I'm, I'm free and able to get around again. And uh, every time you guys go out to the track, I'll be out there and I'll, I'll make sure I can get oh, a bunch of coverage, photos. Is it the 18th or 19th of November, whatever that weekend okay, is? Okay, yeah. Where's it? At Little River? At Little River. Yeah. That's okay. our. That, they're going to have a swap yeah. meet, too. The 19th? Okay, okay, there you yeah. go. There's a swap meet there, and I don't know what else they got running. Okay. I don't have any clue. I'm sure there'll be some. Awesome. We'll, we'll definitely make sure to put up a post on our, yep. on our link for that date. Uh, right. Again, if you guys are out in the out, stop uh, by Little River. Check out right. Anybody, any other cars, including yourself? Well, we have 15 people on the list. Okay. And we had four show up in time to do something. Right. And we had one come in late, and he just parked. It was too late. Yeah. And so we got we had five people, so that's a third of our. Right. And we got, yeah, uh, Billy had to work. And, uh, so we got on tap 15 cars, but, you know, as far as what can show up, it may be. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully it's a better turnout. Yeah. I mean, by all means. But it's hard to get parts. We, no. got, we got cars down for parts. Uh, supply chain is really a 
Yeah, we hear that a lot. I mean, it's, it's just you a know, thing. Going life on. gets in the way of having fun sometimes. People have kids and grandkids and sporting events, and then people get sick. When the COVID hit, uh, we had people selling their cars. Lost their job. They had to have money. That's so true. Yeah. That's true. Yes. Yeah. She said that we need to have people with, that's got cars sitting in their garages that's been there for 30 years. Yeah. Bring them out. Bring them out. At least yeah. do a showcase show. Yeah, hibernation at least, at show We have a support group. Since we just have a small amount of cars, and uh, that's why Scotty came down from. Colorado right. to run me because I'm quite a bit quicker than the rest of the cars in our group here. Mm-hmm. Danny Graham has the potential to be as quick as right. we are quicker. He's right. got a he's got a heck of a motor in that car. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> but we just need people to get those cars out of the garage, bring them down, and you don't have to run me. Sure. Matter of fact, right. I'm going to try not to run our guys until right. they step up. Uh, that's why. I've Match raced Fred mm-hmm. with his Corvette. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a Corvette club guy, yeah. and right. and he has an engine shop, and he had a what was that a five seventy two five eighty two? Oh yeah, wow. yeah, big motor. Wow. It's a torque motor. Yeah, and uh, I read it one night time, and he got the win <laughs> on that, and the other time I I blew him away. So. <laughs> See, if people didn't know it was a small block versus a big block. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so for you guys that are listening to the show, this is why we bring on people, uh, people that, that we know. I, I know a little bit of people from the different spectrum and, and bugged us from the other side. Uh, but for you guys, uh, if you think it takes a whole lot to, to build one of these cars, you, you just listen to, to something in very good detail and what the competition is like and, you know, what it is to be in a, a true gas car, gas you know, gas racing atmosphere. Uh, I would suggest don't be afraid to build one of these and put a force feed behind it and let's see how good your um, your hands-on experience uh, will put you in, in maybe, you know, winning some races. Because uh, anybody can jump in, in in an automatic car and guarantee an A to B. Uh, with these, with these force feed cars, uh, it's a different animal. Just even if you're spectating, you're watching, uh, you can see the guy is real busy inside that cockpit doing something. Busy, busy. Uh, so if, and if you know, and if if you think those are, are are just not your kind of deal, we'll look at it this way: it's it's a race car. He's done. He, he built it. He's got his, his own shocks on it. Uh, his motor is 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 an all-out motor. And um, and some of the other guys, they they had some big-name motors that I just saw. I don't want to disclose these things, but uh, I guarantee you, go heads up, motor to motor. started off kind of like I did. Yeah. I was I was barely, well, my first time I tested and everything, I was in the high seven-second bracket. Right. Yep. Yeah, with a gifted motor. I started with a hand-me-down motor and I freshened it up with rings and bearings. What's the what's, what's the uh, lowest TT these gasers are running right now in the A's? Uh, the A-gas cars, I would say a 530. All motor, four speed. And, and B? B gas, the record is, I believe, uh, a 574. 
put it in perspective, doesn't and, it? And uh, Swain doesn't like to talk, have us talk right. about ETs because we, in the 60s, they didn't have scoreboards no, right. right. on there. The cars are fast, and uh, fast. most of them have a fairly short wheelbase, mm -hmm. and Swain uh, drives a little uh, angly. Yeah. And, short, short. and he's, I think he's runs 50s with that. Right. It's fast. And he makes it look so easy. Oh, he's he's been, that's all he's done was last yeah. drive race car. Right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a beautiful car. The paint yeah. job is. Yeah. I mean, this, this is hand lettering. This isn't wrap. Uh, this is paint and somebody who will sit there and hand letter your stuff. Um, that, that's what makes these guys so cool is that they've got these uh, specific rules. I want to say something about people thinking about coming in. Uh, the rules are really, really strict, but I give people time. Quain will give people time if stuff ain't up to rules. Right. We'll give you a little time to change it up, and we're not going to give you forever, right. but you must have a straight axle, and you must have a four-speed, right. and no twin-disc clutches, and no clutchless transmissions. Right. Uh, if you don't have over 400 horsepower, you can probably get away with a Muncie or a T10. Yeah. And uh, there's plenty of that stuff laying around for $500, $600. $600. And uh, you don't have to have a good clutch. I have a medium price Ram clutch, and it works fine for me. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got more expensive clutches with uh, where you don't have to pull the plate off and take shims out to change your your finger heights and all that stuff, and I don't run that. I run the one with the shims, and uh, you can do the, I got my bell housing set up to where I can change counter and change base, and uh, you don't even have to have that to run. What I'm saying is you, if you got a 55 Chevy and you've got a four-speed and put you some ladder bars on it, uh, Henry started with slapper bars. Yeah. yeah. He's had slapper bars on there, oh, yeah. and he had a little old 301 that was a hand-me-down and right. been rebuilt a hundred times, and uh, that's how he started. And his car was 15 different colors when he showed up, yeah. and he's painted green now. So I'm just, I'm just saying, you don't have to run me. Or I try to be competitive right. back east, uh, but you can have fun. If we we can have fun. have fun and. What, what I'm doing now is uh, first-round losers, if we're going to run. This weekend, I was match racing Scotty. Right. And I, even if all my guys show up, I'm not going to run you unless I run Danny because he's steadily picking up with right. that good motor he's got. But first-round losers goes to a consolation race. Mm -hmm. And then that way, usually... Usually, in most cases, we didn't this weekend because there were so many cars there. But we try to get two time trials, and we set up a ladder. If we got, we've had, uh, I think when Quain and all them came down, we had 17 cars all yeah, together, yeah. and that was a good show. Yeah, very yeah. good one. And but uh, we didn't have enough cars to really have classes. We did have, we did have a gas and b gas though. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, was, and, it was a good show because those are the fast cars. I remember, I and, uh, but we will take care of you. If, if you want to do this, well, we got a guy right now with a beautiful 55 Chevy, Sam, 
he's he's got things to change to be legal. Yeah. He's got his carburetors with a big extension in the manifold, and they're sticking up. <laughs> looks like it should be a, yeah. on top of a big blower. <laughs> but uh, I gave him time. Yeah. I said, just show up. And he since then, well, he's worked on the rear end. He's put safety things on his ladder. I just I can't tell him about safety. I just recommend it. Right. Yeah. And and you got to have a diaper as part of the rules. Right. So yeah. tracks say that. that that's, yeah. a, that's a track thing. Now, yeah. yeah. You got to have a diaper. And uh, I just tell you, I, I can't uh, tech your car. Mike lets me tech the cars for our group. So I said I can't tech it if you don't have a diaper. So if you don't have a diaper, don't even bring it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, we got 15 people, and it would be so cool to have 15 of them all show up at the same time. That, that would is, be that is the number one. <laughs> and that's yeah. So for you guys maybe that are bringing building extra car, other cars for these Texas races, uh, truly consider building a gasser car to run with with Sato because these races are very competitive. They're really fun to watch, and he, but this group. I mean, they bring in the crowds. You know, if you go up East Coast, definitely uh, you see how big the crowds get. So um, there's no other cars there. It's a strictly Sega event. Yeah, yeah exactly. We've been to races. Time. I think the most we had was like 93 or 96 cars at one race. All Sega League. Wow. Yeah. That's East Coast, yeah. man. And these are nice cars. I mean, oh, I know. Really some of them, there. some of them could be show cars. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I've seen pictures of some of these yeah. Facebook pages. So it's a don't say you don't have the money. Don't say you don't have this. If you have the desire, it will happen. Right. And please don't tell me you're going to do it and then go home and forget about it. Because I've, I, I've put in parts. I've put in time and labor, everything helping people, and then they just disappear. Right. Yeah, they get distracted. There's other, there's other interest in Texas. Jennifer just brought up something. Yeah. Sega started Superstock. There we go. And we have... Well, Billy McPhillips has been out with his old Ford. He's been out twice, I think. And then we have some fellows out of San Antonio right. that are building a 55 Chevy right. for super stock. They have the motor on the floor. They've been working on the car. And uh, one of them was down, down at my place last week. He said they're real close, and they'll be here the 19th. But, and oh, super wow. stock means... Uh, the car's the an entry-level car. Entry-level, uh, you can't have certain certain size slick. Uh, Seven-inch tire, it's a it's mm -hmm. a spec tire. You right. have to have this tire. Seven inches wide is all it is. Right. And you can put all the horsepower in the world to a seven-inch tire you want, but you're not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, the... Yeah, no willy bars. You don't have to have a roll cage in super stock. Cubic inch size. That was that was the other. It's uh, I think I think it's eleven pounds per cubic inch on super stock. And this was the entry level fun class back in the sixties. Back a in the sixties, a lot of couples yeah. uh, would enter with with you know either uh, brand new cars or yeah. you know uh, or a fifty five yeah, or fifty. Yeah. I guess the famous yeah. the popular car was a fifty seven Chevy. That's because you know it was pretty quick. Uh, so, you know, back then to get a super stock or, or, or a 55 wagon uh, in super stock was... Yeah, the old 56, 57 Fords with the 312 and the, mm -hmm. the 283 Chevy and 57. I yeah. mean, it, it's just like the Mustangs and Camaros now. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So, 
see more of those guys build them. Uh, you know, we we have a we have a little sixty-five Ford, and right now uh, the struggle at the house is is can we swap motors? You know, constantly to to to, to meet you know the different events that are going around here. Uh, but definitely uh, that little that super stock class is a big interest because you don't have to build too much for it. You just have to conform to those rules and right. have a great time. I, we had a great time this past weekend just hanging out with you. And, and I mean, it was very loaded. Uh, just, I mean, can't wait for you to come back again. Well, we're going to be there. Okay. And, uh, there was a rumor going around something about, is the track for sale? And Mike said, no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> I didn't think so. Yeah, he said, they'd have to beat me out of here. <laughs> uh, that's a false rumor. Little yeah. River is not for sale, and they, they have made so many improvements yeah. there in the last two years. Yeah. The stands are great now. They put in, they put in new stands. Stand. They, they actually put in two sets of stands. They put in, uh, well, they repaved the whole thing. Yeah. It's all new pavement, and they put in all LED lighting, and they're working on the speaker system. They got some new speakers, but some of them draw, okay. drew moisture, and they're not working right. Yeah. We had a friend who uh, he had an event there. He actually brought his uh, he brought out his big screen so people that were sitting on stands could actually watch the end, yeah. uh, which was a, a, a huge uh, success for him. So I hope more things like that can get brought to the track to yeah, have people sure. enjoy. My uh, my thing right now is we just need cars. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We need cars. Uh, we're, we're not going to get sponsors to help us pay out any money or anything. Until we have cars, yeah. So we have to right now. Quain's got quite a few sponsors and, and giving him money and everything to pay out more. They're paying right. out now for the big for the big races out there. Yeah, every race they have payouts and then they have end of year uh, payouts for championships and all that. All the way. No, it's not. It's not fifty thousand dollars, none. But you know, it's it helps. It helps. And uh, but I can't I can't go solicit. Or send my hound dog here to solicit <laughs> for sponsors for yeah. money with with four or five cars. It's right. just got we've had fifteen people on the books, and we need the cars to get completed, and we need the people to show up. I have had people that don't even answer. I said, "Who's coming this weekend?" They don't even reply. Right. And I was calling people. You coming? You coming? Trying to get people. Right. I'm just not going to do that. No. Well, we hope we hope with these yeah. uh, photos that I took this past Saturday. I mean, I spread them out all over uh, Facebook, Instagram land, and and wherever else that, that it'll bleed out to. I know. Just last night, uh, I posted them like it was like around 10 o'clock, and uh, just within that late time frame. And you know, it was also football. You know, weekend. Uh, just on likes on one of the pages I had reached like 300 and and I tagged you guys your pages I tagged four or five pages that we all contribute yeah. to around here uh, the views is always five times five or ten times more than that and I saw that so let's just hope that we can get more publicity out there okay. and uh, yeah get 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 some traction for people to see the track the track stuff cuz if you if people aren't going out there and taking photos then they're going to assume that the event was was you know all hands you know up in the air just because people couldn't see it on TV or just you know it it all goes word of mouth but if if you can get out there and you can you can show that what the event was like that that's how people start paying attention so 
we've got this podcast going, and, and we'd like to bring in guys like you always, and, oh, yeah. and just kind of. This is going to help. We're getting good traction on on, on the show, yeah. so it's going to open some other eyes. We, we're we're doing this four days nonstop out of out of the week, nonstop for the last month. We need volunteers. Put that out there, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we're hoping we can, within our time frame, that we can actually walk around and uh, and do it. I was having some problems this weekend. I couldn't get the Wi-Fi uh, to do the live the live filming, or else I would have had it. It's difficult out there. So yeah. We might have to do, we might have to do a pre-recording and then like yeah, and then go back. Yeah, you, come back later. yeah she's yeah. done a lot of those places up yeah. east or down in a, a valley. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. They video and then they take it back and record it and go there. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think if we can get Mike to uh, let us piggyback on his Wi-Fi or something. That oh, he'll do whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I guess we can sit around, you know, by the, by the bleachers or by the. Mike will yeah. do that. No problem. That would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah he'll be glad to help out because that. Basically, that's a business for them guys. It is. Yeah. And that brings in more people. It helps them too. You're right. And that's why I go there. They've been so good to us, and I help. We try to bring in people for them. We had people come in for me to run his dad up there with a Corvette. Oh, right. right, We will put something on the page to let them know we're doing this. Well, we've got GoPros that we can stick on, that we can put together. We can definitely do something. This is going to be something we can plan on doing. Yeah. I'd like to say one thing. Of Ronnie Sandhuff's my name, S-A-N-T-H-U-F-F. Just PM me if you're interested in joining our group, converting a car over, doing anything, and I'll work with you uh, if you need time to do these things, but you got to have a clutch car. Yeah. <laughs> Ron yeah. Sandhuff on Facebook. Yeah. There you go, Ron Capital R-O-N, and his name will pop right up, and you can ask him to be a friend. Yeah. If he's not maxed out yet, uh, but you can definitely message him. Sure. Awesome. Yeah, man. Okay. I appreciate that, guys. And, again, we're going to go ahead and conclude. But I know we're going to do something probably again in the future. Maybe some yeah. of the other bunch over the winter. We can probably tie back in with you. But yeah. Okay. Glad to help you out anyway. So. Be Thank glad you for showing up. Thank you for well, stopping awesome. by. I appreciate your I appreciate time. It. And Oscar, again, thanks for letting us do the job. And we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. You guys,